0: we're walking down the street and we come come around a corner and i just see a giant sign that says tattoo oh boy and i'm like let's get tattoos and so my buddy who was there pulls out his phone is like i got the perfect one and it's like a steam kettle anchor for us being steamers (laughs) so we go in and by the way we are Mm -hmm. It is the afternoon, it's like maybe 12 in the (laughs) afternoon. We go in and we convince them we're not that drunk. There's five of us, my one buddy, they tell him he's too drunk, he can't do it. The other three of us, we all get the tattoo. Oh and then goodness. our other buddy is so based that he goes to the bathroom to throw up ends up puking on the whole entire bathroom oh, and then escapes out the back door and we lose him for like five hours oh my gosh. and he's the one that drove us
1: welcome to rise above i'm kevin lanning your host today we're joined by josh a resilient navy veteran and single father sharing a life story of courage and inspiration with my co-host kayla harrison we explore josh's journey through near-death experiences, parenthood complexities, and finding hope in the darkest moments. Let's dive in.
0: Josh, yeah. welcome to Rise Above. Hey, once again. Welcome. Thank you, Thank you all so much for having me. Yeah. So,
1: Let's do this again. All right. Where are you from with that <laughs> southern-ass accent? Yeah. Uh, so Give us a, a-,
0: a scoop. A scoop. All right. So uh, from a little place called Douglasville, Georgia, like it says, about 20, 30 minutes west of Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Um, so basically, like if this is Atlanta, this is Alabama line, we're kind of like about right here. Um, nothing special. I mean, it's blown up a little bit over the years, just like anywhere. Mainly because yeah. there's so many people moving to Atlanta and then you have so many people getting out of Atlanta and then they just keep expanding more growing, and more. Growing, so anything growing. outside of Atlanta that used to be nice, little quiet, little country town, it's no. it's yeah, it's rough.
2: So did you grow up? When you say in a country town, did you grow? Is it like a suburb, or did you grow up like literally on a farm? Like no. tell me, like tell me no, what the so, vibe was. It's like it's your so fu- parents, what was it like?
0: No, it's it's funny because always like anywhere I go, and I've I've like even being in the military and all that, and traveling mm-hmm. everywhere. Everyone, as soon as I say, you know. First three words is like "How y'all doing?" or "How you doing?" <laughs> no, like,
2: I literally picture you in overall, yeah, like er, 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 horse horseshit. That, that's literally fork.
0: Yeah, that's that's literally the first thing anybody says. Everybody's like, "How how many uh, horses and how many cows yes. did you have?" And I'm like, how "I many wish." Acres did
2: you grow yeah, up on? I'm
0: like, I wish that you could meet people from my hometown because, like, when I talk to them, I literally have to look at my dad and go, "What the fuck did he just say?" <laughs> I'm like, I have no idea what that person just said. How,
1: what like, percentage of your high school graduating class stayed home? Oh my and god! And never
0: left. So many.
2: Really? So many. Wow. Like. That's the same for mine.
0: So like, like we, we had this we had this conversation and um, I feel so there was so many people who like, I think it was like their grandparents like all went to the same school, mm-hmm. all had kids at the same time. Mm-hmm. Those kids grew up, all went to the same high school. All had kids. All had kids at the same time. Yeah. Then their kids who I went to high yeah. school with all grew up together. All, got all had kids at the same yeah. time, and they still never left. And like, I yeah. get that. Like, I mean, I don't know. I've been away from family for so long that it would be great to be around family again, you know, mm-hmm. but I just feel like that's not living to me. Like, I would feel like, it, you know, especially in your like 20s, like, get out there, go mm-hmm. experience the world, do something besides like just stay. You're just stuck. There's in just the same, so
2: much the world has to offer. So like, much. it's so big. There's so much
0: to do. There's So many more. <laughs> even people if you just meet.
2: like, even if you just traveled the United States, I that's feel it. like. Yeah. You don't have to go overseas. Like no. just, I, mean, I don't know. It's great. I think it's such a good education. But.
0: Yeah. I don't know. Get out of Georgia. <laughs> <laughs>
2: right, right, yeah. right. So your family all still lives there?
0: Yeah. Everybody still lives there. Um,
2: and you're not close or you are close with your family?
0: I'm pretty close. Um, really, really close with my dad. Um, uh, a lot of my family, and like we can get more into that, like um, most have passed. Yeah. Um, mm. Some I don't even talk to anymore mm. um, still stay in touch with my mom my little sister uh, and then my dad so but they're also there my, my parents say they, they live like 12 15 minutes away from one another mm. but they're still in the same house like my dad's still in the same house we were in when I was three really yeah so that's cool yep.
2: so your parents split up
0: yeah they divorced when I was six
2: when you were six mm-hmm. and you said you have one sister
0: uh so I got a I've got a half sister on my mama's side. Uh, and two step brothers on my mom's side. Mm-hmm. And I've got a older brother who we were actually having this discussion earlier. Um, I have not talked. Well, I haven't talked to him in many years. I haven't seen him in exact in ten years. This month, mm. and uh, and then I've got um, stepsister on my dad's side.
3: Mm, okay.
0: So family's all over the place. Yeah. Yeah.
2: I mean, that's what that's, that's what family is. That's that's you family. Know, that's how it works. That's it's, exactly. There's how it works. no such thing as a perfect, I, ideal family anymore. I know,
0: like maybe two or three friends whose fa- like parents are still, still together, together yeah. after all this time. Yeah. But even when you talk to them, they're still like, it's family. Everybody yeah. still fights, argues, yeah. and it's like nothing's perfect. Yeah, totally. But you're like, oh, I can't believe, oh, you're not divorced? You don't come from a <laughs> no, divorce home? No, I know. Home? It's like like, more holy shit. surprising. <laughs> I know. Yeah.
2: I always find that interesting. I guess I'm kind of like doing a little experiment with our guests mm. because I, I like to see – like everyone who comes on here has a story, right, mm. and how they've risen above what has happened to them. But I kind of like to go back to the beginning, yeah, and see if there's like a can you pinpoint
1: where it started? The family dynamic, right? And what was that course, like? Of course, the yep.
2: family family is such a huge part of all of our lives when we're children mm-hmm. because that's where we learn how to who to be, how to be. That's exactly where we, who we learn everything from.
1: Oh yeah, what was. What was it like at six years old? Obviously, you said your parents divorced. Mm-hmm. What was it like growing up in two households, going back Ugh. and forth? Were you more so with
0: your mother? Were you more so with your father? Yeah, I mean, it's never something easy because, you know, luckily they were you know close, each, or close by. They lived close to each other. So um, it was like 50-50. So I did from six until I was 15. I did two weeks with my mom, two weeks with my dad, and just back and forth doing that. Um oh, that's
2: got to be tough, though.
0: Yeah, because as soon as you start to get, like, you know, comfortable at one home, then it's like, all right, pack up, yeah. got to go, and mm-hmm. then you go to the yeah. next. And then you're there, and then you're, all right, I'm getting used to this. All right, pack up, go back and forth. Um, and
2: I'm sure they had different rules and, like, different way that, different ways to do things. Yeah, it was and different like-
0: rules. And then, you know, uh, my mom was just – I, I love – first off, I love my mama to death. Mm-hmm. But, you know, she just – it sucks because she just, like, ran my dad down the road. Just mm. always just – trash my dad trash my dad you know saying all these things had this narrative for so many years and even to this day like i'm about to be 33 and she still has the same narrative that she had when i was six about my father Mm. and uh one of the biggest things i um I hold dear to myself and i admire my father the absolute most for is my dad never ever even to this day has never bad my mom wow never said a word that's huge no that's and uh he just always anytime anytime you know my mom would drop me nuts or something was going on or anything saying all this my dad would just be like well you know it's your mama uh, mm. i don't he's like I don't "That's know, a strong man he's like i don't to tell you it's just your mom you got he's like the only mommy you got. So, mm-hmm. Papa Norton, good job. Yeah. I know. Seriously. If you're listening, I'm like,
2: I want to
1: good you've met job. Pa- you've met Papa <laughs> Norton. Your dad is a savage. Yeah, he is. Yeah.
0: Old school. <laughs> super old school. Very yeah. old Southern. Yeah. Yeah. yeah good. Yeah. Very good dude. Yeah. No. They don't
2: make him like that anymore. It's tough to find a, an old Southern gentleman like oh, that. Yeah.
1: I respect that a lot. Not, I mean, listen. No, that's hard. Your your mother, it's I'm so sure, hard is hard. a wonderful, wonderful lady. Yeah. And mm-hmm. sometimes some people just don't know how to express certain no. feelings or, mm-hmm. um, you know, you don't raise, you know, raising a child, especially going through a divorce like that with yeah. you, that was her first time experiencing that. Oh, it's yeah. not like it was something that she had experience with already. Right. And you know that that's hard. it's hard because sometimes listen i'm I'm divorced in the beginning. No. It was a very resentful process no, and no, no, no. I was in fear, like maybe my daughter might like her mother more than she likes mm. me or wanna spend uh-huh. time with her mother versus spending time with me. so mm. some people sometimes just don't know how to express that, yeah. and um, you know but they did the best that they could. Oh, of course. That's
2: the hard thing about being, like, as I became a parent, like, I finally realized that my parents were humans. And, like, they were young humans just doing the best they could. And, like, nobody has any fucking clue what they're doing as a parent. Like, (laughs) none of us.
0: You realize they were our age now (laughs) doing this shit. And you think, like, they got everything figured out and all this. No, I thought they were,
2: like, these, like, all-knowing beings. And I'm like, I have no fucking clue what's going on.
0: Exactly. And (laughs) you realize, like, (laughs) holy shit, I'm their age now. (laughs) And, like, I'm going through a nasty nasty divorce. So, like, that's Mm. how me and him, like, really hit it off and became friends. Mm. It's going through the same thing at the same time. time Mm
3: -hmm.
0: and so you're like holy shit dude yeah i don't like Fuck, i'm just day by day you just take it day by day
2: it gives me a lot of yeah it gives it helps me find grace for my parents Mm -hmm. like now that i am a parent i can be like oh okay like you really did do the best you could
0: you see exactly you know the things that they did do or the things they had to do you're like okay i get it now yeah totally yep There's one thing that I do want to bring up, though, and this is
1: something that I want our listeners to take note of. If they're a single parent, even if they're still with their significant other, something I really respect about you. This weekend, he drove what 24 hours in total just to get your yeah. daughter for the weekend yeah so and spend
0: three days with her yeah so right now with how this is set up is i they refuse to meet me halfway so i have to drive from jupiter to jacksonville so it's a thousand miles a month and mm. so i pick her up thursday mm. and I have to drop her off monday so mm. out of the four days i get her 24 hours is me in the car you are a dedicated father oh my god mm-hmm. that's wow. what i respect about him yeah. He's a
1: dedicated Ugh. father. He shows up for his daughter, and
0: there aren't—unfortunately—
2: A lot of parents don't.
0: Yeah, There aren't a lot of parents like that. Well, it's the one thing to talk about that, too, is, like, I like to hit on is um, there's so many— and it goes both ways, right? I'm not just going to sit here and, like, trash women or anything like that. They're shitty people. In the world, they're shitty par- moms. They're shitty dads, mm-hmm. and th- what sucks is like there's so many there's so many bad dads out there mm-hmm. who don't want nothing to do with their mm-hmm. kid, yep. right? And yep. the moms will do anything mm-hmm. to give them the kid, to let them see their kid, mm-hmm. and they don't want shit to do with them. Mm-hmm. Then you have good dads out there who are trying <laughs> everything I they know. can to yeah. get their child, yeah. and the mother d- is like, "Go fuck yourself."
2: Yeah. Spiteful, Not holding to that hurt. I yeah. am going
0: to use this child as a weapon Ugh. and a pawn, Ugh. and I'm going to torment you until she is 18. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Well, okay. I'm just going to say something. I want to. So, my dad was a very absent father, and he grew. I lived. I grew up a block away from him, like literally a block away, and I almost never saw him. So, I want you to know, and that played a really big role in my life mm-hmm. and growing up, and the choices I made, and the men I was attracted to, the relationships I I fell into. And so I just want you to know, like, you're doing the right thing. Like, um, a father, a a parent who never gives up on their child, a parent who's always there, no matter what, no matter how hard it is, like, that's the purest form of love, and like, you're, I'm gonna cry. You're like you're doing the right thing. You're a badass. No, like appreciate it. I already. am like okay. Well, all right. I'm. D- what else do you want to talk about? Yeah. The floor is yours. Tell me everything.
1: Oh man, <laughs> no, th- like but that's the thing. Like that's the whole point of. I brought this up last episode. Why we did this? Mm-hmm. We want to people in there. Listen, you. You. I'm gonna spoil a little bit. But you were in the Navy. Mm-hmm. You were on a nuclear submarine. Yep. And what would you do like three months
0: at the bottom of like the the Pacific or something (laughs) like that? Like how long? So it was, (laughs) so give me me the scoop here. Yeah. So we were a little bit different. So I was four deployed out of Guam and the way the rotation works for us. So you have people like on the East coast and West coast of the, uh, you know, continental United States. And those guys will go for like a nine, eight, nine month deployment. Sometimes you get extended and, you know, they're doing that, but they're also like going port to port to port. Um, for us, because we were four deployed out of Guam and we were the closest to that side of the of the world, we would be like two weeks out at sea, three weeks in, a week out at sea, a weekend, a month out at sea, three weeks in, and it was just you literally live by your phone. Mm. So there was no consistency to anything. Mm. It was like, there was days we would work, you know, a 20-hour shift. you get home at, like, you'd walk through the door, like, 8.30 at night. And then by 8.35, you get a phone call. Pack your sea bag. We're going out to sea for oh the next two God. months. And Holy you're like, cow. I haven't even sat on my couch yet. And they're like, don't give a fuck. Wow. Pack your shit. We're leaving at 5 a.m. And you're like, oh, fuck. Okay, wait. So back it up, <laughs> back it up, back it up, back no, it up. I just up. jumped, so, sorry.
2: <laughs> I know. Okay, so 6 to 15, you're going between parents. And then yeah. 15 hits. I mean, like, did you en- oh, so, enlist like at eighteen? Like, what, how did no, you get no, into no. the military? So, so, well, so, tell me a little bit. Yeah. More, back it up a little more.
0: Okay, we can go back to that. So, <laughs> the the whole so from six to fifteen. Oh, so, damn. um, <laughs> yeah, six to fifteen. So I was going back and forth, and then um, again, let me reiterate, I love my mama, mm-hmm. but my mama has a, you know, she's a she's an alcoholic. She's got a really bad drinking problem. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, something we've you know struggled with for many many years, and uh, so she threw me out of the house when I was fifteen, mm-hmm. and so you Know for years and to go back talking about good parents, bad parents, not saying my mom's a bad parent, mm-hmm. you know, going through it, she's young. Um, you know, I hear all these horrible things for so many years about my dad, he's this, he's that, and, you know. And then, so when she threw me out, my dad was just like, All right, doors are open, come move in. I was like, Okay, mm. so I move in, and then you know, uh, this kind of hit back what we were talking about a little bit earlier. Wanted to want to talk to you about, Kevin, is you know, uh, you hear all these things, and and then when I move in, I'm, like, there for a little bit, like, six months. I'm, like, dad's Dad's not any of these things that I've been told my whole life. Mm. Like, he's literally none of these things that mm. I've been basically, like, programmed to believe the mm-hmm. majority of my life. Mm-hmm. And that's something to go back with bad, you know, bad parents is, like, like i said what what i admire about my father the most is not badmouthing my mother mm-hmm. and that's something you don't i feel like that's just like absolute child abuse to sit there and just badmouth the other parent to make right. yourself look better or to just build this like narrative that you have created in your own mind of like i'm winning mm-hmm. i'm going to just basically <laughs> turn this small child into yeah. thinking a certain way yeah. for my own benefit
3: right
2: About the person who helped create them. Yeah.
0: And then at the end of the day, I mean, it took years to figure that out. And then you realize, oh, okay, none of that was true. Mm. So with kids, you know, if your kid is being told that by the other parent or whatever, you know, over time, one thing my dad's always told me, and that's what's helped me right now with going through my my divorce is time goes on, people get older, kids grow up. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the day, that's... That's why the truth, life. Eventually comes, the truth out. comes out. Mm-hmm. Kids will figure it out for themselves. And, uh, it sucks right now, you know, mm-hmm. cause you know, you're going through that. Or if there's people out there, you know, listening, going through that mm-hmm. with me, you know, I'm included going through that, you know, it'll get better over time. And that's something I have to tell myself a lot. And I, and I, I re- reference my dad a lot because like he's, he's literally who I go to and seek advice for. And I, you know, I, I really don't know anybody else truly that can like, Calm me down or just give me the best advice because he's just been through it all and he's, yeah. you know, he, he just has the best words of wisdom ever. Mm-hmm. And you just listen and I have to take it back and think about it for a few days. And I'm like, all right, this, you know, when times get rough and times get down, mm-hmm. I just think of the certain things that he says and I'm like, all right, it's, it's going to be all right. It's going to be better. Mm-hmm. It just takes time. Mm-hmm. There's no better knowledge than life experience.
1: Yeah, 100%. Right?
0: Wise, older. Yeah. Just been, been, been through it. done it. Yeah.
2: We always talk about like how important it is to have a mentor or have someone who is kind of like been on a journey and mm-hmm. that you're on or, or whatever. Just like someone who can help be a guide like mm-hmm. and how lucky. I mean, that's a what a blessing that it's your father. Yeah. You know, that's, that's and what's, amazing. And what's
0: aggravating about it, too, though, is uh, <laughs>
2: that it's your father. <laughs> my, well, one,
0: it's your dad and you never want to hear shit your parents have to say. Right? You're like You don't fucking know what you're talking about. I know. But. When I say, and I'll—if he hears this, he knows I'm admitting it. Oh, he's
2: definitely gonna hear um,
0: it. He has never been wrong about anything I have done in my life. He's shaking his head right when, now. <laughs> when I say, <laughs> like, oh yeah, every fucking thing really? he has said is always been true. Mm-hmm. Even when I fight him tooth and nail, I'm like, you don't know what you're fucking talking about. In the end, I'm like, fuck, he was right again. Really? Every like, okay, single... give me an
2: example. All
0: right, for example, like. Uh, growing up, you know, and this is a, probably like a stupid example. That's okay, but come on. Growing up, you're like, you know, friends are life, right? Mm-hmm, so I remember mm-hmm. in high school, it was like, friends are life, friends are everything. Like, they mm-hmm. meant more to me than anything in the world. It's like, oh, my God, I've known them since I was 12. Like, mm-hmm. we're going to fucking be friends forever, da-da-da. <laughs> Dude, the moment I got orders and got shipped overseas, all these motherfuckers cut me off. No. None of them talked to me <laughs> anymore. I would reach out to them constantly through phone calls, Facebook, because it's like I think before Instagram and all that, dude, Messenger, all this, and all I'd get excuse was was like, oh, well, we don't know what time it is over there. I'm like, motherfucker, a message doesn't give a you shit what time need it is. A you time can fucking to respond send it. I'll whenever open you it want when I open it. Yeah, and <laughs> then and then like, and he always told me he was like, son. You ain't got no damn friends. Ah. He's like, you got acquaintances. Oh my God. He he's said like,
2: that he knew.
0: he knew. He told me this shit when I was like 15, 16 years wow. old. He was like, son, when you get my age and when you get older, he's like, you will be able to count maybe on one hand mm-hmm. how many true friends you have. Mm. And to this, and now damn, right. I can count on one hand how many people I can literally call up right now mm-hmm. who would stop everything they're doing to give me the shirt off their back mm. and give me a home and do things for me. Mm-hmm. And it took years of fighting him on that, not wanting to believe it. And then that shit hit home. And I was mm. like, damn, right about that.
2: Dad was right. Dad yeah, was right. Mm. Yeah.
0: That and then, like, the military, you know, I didn't want to do subs at first. And he was like, I was like, I want to quit this. I want to go do something else. Da-da, and he's like, I'm begging you don't quit. It's going to work out. It's going to be good. Mm-hmm. Sure, shit, I did do- I did that. And then, you know, yeah, it sucked. And we can get dive more into submarine life if you want. But, you know, it was great. And to this day... Uh, I think it was a blessing because the, the the brothers I made in in there, I still keep in touch with this day, and they've mm. done more for me than I I I can't wait to be able to return the favor to them one day because mm. they've just been above and beyond for me. Dude, shout out Heath Jordan. Dude, Heath Jordan and Dylan Adams. So so
2: these guys know again. You guys know each other. Well, give me then, the, I'll
1: break it down. Yeah okay, yeah yeah. yeah. Okay, so so okay. when I met. Josh, we lived in the same complex. I was with my brother. My brother was visiting for the weekend. Mm-hmm. Josh had his daughter. I had my daughter. Instantly, they're the same age. So him and I yeah. start talking, and his buddy that also lived in the complex, Heath. Yeah, we lived together. Uh, yeah. Okay. Was, mm-hmm. So, so Josh, uh, you know, I'm I'm telling your story, but y- oh, you fine, went man. back up to Jacksonville to to rekindle things with your ex-wife. daughter's yeah. mother, mm-hmm. ex-wife. And he went with you. He backed you. He supported. He was there mentally for you. And he even moved to West Palm to be together with you. Well, yeah, I
0: got him to leave Texas to move out here and to move in with me. And so we we lived together for about a year. And and then after that, you know, we both were planning to go back to Jack so I could be closer to my daughter. And like I said, you know, me and my ex are going through like a year and a half, almost two-year divorce. And then, you know— she ended up persuading me to come back in and, like, let's fix this, da da mm. and that turned out to be a complete total shit show. Mm. But, you know, moved back, and then uh, Heath, he moved up there with some old Navy friends and was living there, and then now he's, you know, he's trying to finish up firefighter school right now, so he's still up there. Mm.
2: So me. Heath, you were in the Navy with? Yeah, so uh, my guys... buddy
0: my buddy Heath, we were on submarines together. My mm-hmm. buddy Dylan I live with right now, uh, we were both on submarines together, mm-hmm. so... It's, it's kind of funny. Like a tight bond. Uh, oh, yeah. This camaraderie, uh, yeah. I'm like jealous of it. I have friends, mm-hmm. but like, you, I don't know. Like, I would just always stay in touch I mean, I'm sure Dylan, like, like serving
2: and like putting your life. <laughs> yeah, oh,
0: being it's on. Like a different kind of. Well, I told him it was funny. It was like, <laughs> I was like, because like being on the sub and you're stuck in a fucking steel tube for you know four years yeah and then you just build this relationship of brotherhood and camaraderie with these guys it's just you just go through years of literally just eating a bag of dicks together (laughs) so (laughs) like that bond is just i i can't explain i mean it's like anybody most most people in the military i mean you know it's not just navy and subs like i'm talking about there's so many other branches and guys that like actually do combat and are in the shit and done way more than we ever have but um us more is like me, I mean, you're volunteering to go into an underwater prison, so it's mm. it's psychological, so you mm. just have to be mentally tough. To I mean, your mental game has to be strong to do that. Mm. It's not so much physical, it's just all mental. Mm. So, how many were there of you on a submarine? So, uh, without any riders and stuff like that, I think it was uh, the regular crew was like 140 to 150. How many females? Zero, yeah,
2: they can't, no, or no. they just so, don't.
0: So, when I was in, um, so, I got out of act duty in 2016. So, January of 2016, the Navy implemented having female enlisted go on submarines. Nothing against women. I think it's the stupidest fucking decision ever. Because no. you put a bunch of dudes in a steel tube. It's already hard as shit. Yeah. With birthing, yeah. using that bathroom, trying to figure out how to live. Everybody's yeah. at each other's throats. Because you go... 30 plus days with no sunlight, you're doing the same thing at the same time with the same people every fucking day yeah. over and over. So tensions get high and then now you're like let's throw women in the mix. <laughs> and I don't know about you, but there's plenty of there's plenty of examples after this happened of what do you think happens if you put men and women together? And shove them in a steel tube and put them hundreds of feet underwater for months on end.
2: Yeah, there's pretty much only one thing I can think. Yeah. of. Yeah,
0: <laughs> that one thing you can think of. Yeah, and then the ugly and then... ones start looking hot, <laughs> <laughs> bro. Me and dude, me and Dylan.
3: Shame on you. <laughs> oh my god, bro. Me and
0: oh, me and Dylan. Yeah, me and Dylan were in a a locked room. Right, we were in a, we were radio men, so mm-hmm. we were in a. Uh, Well, it's called a skiff, so we were in a locked room together. Let me tell you. So after, like, 60 days of being in a locked room with him, fucking eight hours a day, he started looking good.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Like a real pretty woman, pretty man. I love that.
1: I love that. Before I jump into more of the Navy questions, I'm sure Kayla's going to want you to go back a little into how you got into the Navy. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: so you, so you turn 15, your mom kicks you out, you mm-hmm. start, you move in with your dad, he's waiting there for you with yeah. arms wide open, you start to develop a deeper relationship yeah, with him. Yeah, like super, super close
0: with him. That's mm-hmm. awesome.
2: And then, yeah, so like, what happened? How did you get into the military? So How did I, you, what uh, happened? Tell me.
0: Yeah, so I, I, I I'm not going to say I went to college, I was enrolled in college, <laughs> and uh, so my, my older brother went to a college in Tennessee, and because of him, like, you know, I, I, idolized him as a kid and so I was like All was right. he
2: with your dad at the same time? Like, no he, he... he
0: lived with his mom the whole time we okay. like we rarely saw him um, but he was going to college up until how ten- much
2: older than you?
0: he's like uh, three and a half years older than okay. me and uh, so he went to this college in Tennessee so I was like okay I, wanna, I'm, I gotta go where he goes mm-hmm. and so I went there I did like a year and a half Fucked around Because I was an idiot I Did was, you
2: know What you wanted to study
0: I wasn't fucking Majoring in shit You weren't studying math. I literally was there Just to fucking party And be there Because <laughs> I was dumb I was 18 19 years old Yeah You know Away from my family In another state I'm just like I'm out of my mind I'm gonna mm-hmm. do whatever I want And you know mm-hmm. Hanging around The wrong crowds And mm. just doing Doing dumb 18 year old shit mm-hmm. It's normal and so, Normal shit It's very normal So you know I, I hear I was just trying to get You know Core classes done Half of them I wasn't even fucking going to Because it was just fucking smoking weed all the time <laughs> and uh, and then uh, one day my I'm sitting on the couch and there's a knock on my door and I open the door and it's my dad oh shit and he goes get, he goes get your shit put it in the truck and you're going the fuck home and I was like god damn it <laughs> he's right
1: again so
0: kind of find out he figured out what my GPA was uh-huh. I, the fact that I had not been going to class and then I had like a million parking tickets because I was just you know I didn't pay be for being shit an 18-year-old be kid,
3: yeah.
0: So he's like, pack your shit and go. And I was like, okay, well, I already had my mind up mind made up at the time. Like, regardless if I graduate or not, I was gonna join the military. Mm-hmm. And so as soon as he was like, All right, he was like, So I'm gonna give you till the summer to work with me. And if you don't figure out what the fuck you're doing with your life, he's like, You're getting the fuck out of my house. And I was Ooh. like, Okay, and tough love. And that's honestly the best advice or best uh, thing he could have ever done to me because I was like, Okay, well, I'm gonna go join the military. And I immediately went back to Tennessee, went to the recruiter. And I always wanted to um, do, like, Army or something like that. Mm-hmm. And he begged and pleaded, like, please just go talk to the Navy. Go talk to the Navy. And really? I, was just like, Dude. I was your like,
2: dad's call?
0: Yeah. And I was like, I don't want to fucking talk to the Navy. I was like, I want to go shoot shit and do cool stuff. And then I went. And, of course, that day, every recruiter was closed but the Navy. And I was like, damn it's it. God I was thing. like, this might be a sign. <laughs> so I go in there and start talking to him. And then sure as shit, like, a couple months, uh, hell, like, a month later, I signed an eight-year contract. Went submarines. Jesus. And then um, eight year. Contract. You're 18,
2: yeah. and you signed an eight year. Contract. I was I was
0: nine. I was 19. Oh, sorry. Yeah, no, 19. Was, yeah, yeah. You're Big so difference. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> But I, I turned 20 uh, right before I went, so mm-hmm. I went to boot camp in June of 11, and turned uh, 20 in April. And um, but yeah. When I went to boot camp, I was like the old man there at 20 because like 80. I think it was we had 90 guys. I think 80 percent of them were 17 and their parents signed off on them to go. Holy shit. Yeah, so I was in there with literal children. Wow. Even though I was still a child. Yeah, obviously. Yeah. 17-year-olds act like Even
2: more of a child at 17.
1: That's wild. Ridiculous. Really quick, I want to pause there for one sec. I want to go back, because we were talking about this in the last episode. Mm -hmm. Your dad giving you that ultimatum. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah.
3: I'm
2: glad,
1: yes. Do something Mm -hmm. or get the F out yeah and so 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 that's tough love we were talking about that so our
2: not being an enabler like what a
0: gift i was just about to say that so what we were talking about on the way down here exactly not enabling which there's so many people who enable their children Mm -hmm. and that's why so many people never correct any of their faults or or grow as a human being is Mm -hmm. because their parents are just constantly enabling Mm -hmm. and i know so many people who have done that and that there's people, you know, in their thirties plus, yeah. who are still the same like they were in fucking I don't right. know junior year of high school. Right.
2: No emotional growth. None. No like self awareness. None. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And so no, I, that's
2: a gift. No, that's mm-hmm. a gift. I'm sure you probably were pissed at him at the time, but like him saying that, I yeah. mean, imagine if he had not come and got you, it was the and best you thing had ever. just like kept fucking off, yeah. like.
0: It was the best. You know uh, how I don't
2: that know. story ends a lot of times, you know? 100%.
0: Bad I place. I truly believe that was, like, the best thing he could have ever done for me was literally putting me in my place and mm-hmm. being like, you need to grow the fuck up right now. Mm-hmm. Like, enough of all this bullshit. Mm-hmm. And it did. And so, like, I, I, you know, quit doing drugs. I quit partying. I mean, well, we still drank, you know, you know before I went to boot camp. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> I have, a you know, my buddies that still go see. Of course. And they're, like, ev- every weekend was like, oh, dude, it's Norton's last weekend. <laughs> and that went on for, like, five fucking months. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, uh. Yeah, but no, all the other shit, you know, completely, you know, quit, quit doing drugs, quit smoking, quit all that. Mm-hmm. Got my shit together, and then went off to boot camp, and then you know, got shipped overseas. Well, I was in uh, Connecticut for a year for submarine school, and after mm-hmm. that, I got shipped to Guam. What was boot camp like? Oh, it's a fucking it was a joke. It was a <laughs> joke, it was a fucking joke, dude. <laughs> really? Yeah, navy, navy boot camp. Yeah. What do you mean? What, like yeah, what, what do you, did you have yeah, to like, do? Tell
2: me. I want to know. All
0: right. Sorry, Navy, but anyway. I, I mean, while we'll looking at Navy. this guy, he's, yeah. he's, he's like 6 he's Like everything's a
2: joke to me. I could go yeah. run a marathon right no, now. No. I can do. <laughs> <idea>. <laughs> Not at
0: all. I'm just saying like in comparison to like other branches, like where they actually have to like work out constantly, Got get it. their yeah. shit pushed in. Yep, yep. Yeah. No. Us. It, no.
2: You said it's more mental than physical. You did say There's that. There's a lot at more men-
0: mental. Yeah, but but it's just more structure. Like the, Na- I mean, it was just it was so much structure, right? It was just trying to then break you from your fucking habits and your bullshit ways prior, like, mm-hmm. before getting in, mm-hmm. and they just break you of that. Mm-hmm. A lot of it's mental. Yeah, you do have some physical, but in no shape or form or fashion would I ever sit here and be like, yeah, Navy boot camp was so much harder than the Marines, <laughs> or so much harder than the Army. Mm-hmm. Nah, no way. <laughs> N- can't can't do it yeah but um That's no really it was good and then um after that you know submarine school up in connecticut mm-hmm. and we had to do like we were there for about a year it was like right out of year of school
2: was that intense like is submarine school like you, like
0: it was just more of just like test and you know learning there was like a bunch of different jobs or uh sorry there was like four different schooling like basic enlisted uh, submarine school and mm-hmm, then we mm-hmm. had like um like our uh like two little technical schools you mm-hmm, do mm-hmm. which i fucking hate it because dude i am an idiot when it comes to computers <laughs> and all that and they're me like too? yeah this see is a so why do you think he's yeah dude, right there? I'm, I'm literally looking no, at obviously. this way no. i don't uh, yeah this is literally black magic yeah, you to see me. my I don't notebook
2: know. i'm like yeah. i take notes yeah
0: i have no idea what's going on over here yeah me neither um so we did that and then um you'd go to your a school which is like where you learn your job and then mm-hmm. after that you get orders. And it was great because like we, it was funny because we had um, based off like who does the highest like usually like the top three people in the class get to choose their uh where you know their station they get to because there's like a billet of how many places like you get ex San Diego's ex, you know uh, Kings Bay Georgia um, out in Bangor Washington except mm-hmm, you know there's mm-hmm. not many places in the U S for submarines to go there's mm-hmm, only a few mm-hmm. and of course you know every dude wants San Diego everybody's like take me to San Diego
3: mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: and so. uh they uh, bring me and two other guys in. They're like, "Hey, uh, good news! You guys get orders first. And we're like, "All right, sweet. Where are we going?" And they're like, <laughs> "And uh, they're like, you're going to Guam." <laughs> and I literally, the other two guys, I guess they knew my buddies. They knew where Guam was. I have never heard of Guam in my yeah, life. Yeah, yeah. And I remember I, as soon as they told us that, they're sitting in their office, and I just look up and I go, "What the fuck is a Guam?" <laughs> And the guy just goes, It's a tiny island about 10,000 miles away from here. He goes, right. Good luck. It's in like, the Oceania, you know, right? Like, Mar- by like
2: New Zealand. It's Australia. in the Marianas
0: Trench. It's yeah. like, uh, I think it's 1,500 miles south of Japan. So, okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like 11 miles wide and I think like 31 miles long. Yeah. So, the it's only reason a, I know Guam exists
2: is because they had a judo player in the Olympics. Oh, okay. That's literally the only reason. Yeah. Nice. He was a heavyweight. I don't know if that I don't know if there are heavier people there, but. <laughs>
0: Uh yes yes. So what was
2: your job in the, like on like what you said you have got like your
0: so I was a what uh, did you do? I was a radioman, man. So we did uh, communications on the so on the boat. So a uh, little bit yeah. <laughs> so <laughs>
2: that's why your hair looks so good with the
0: he's yeah. Had, he's been practicing. He's had practice eight, ten years. eight years. Yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So uh so we did communications. So anytime the uh, submarine came up to what's called periscope depth, which is like s- sixty that's feet sorry it's like 60 feet and so we stick the periscope out out of the water and our antennas and then we communicate with the guys on land that's cool and then we dealt with uh crypto so like the handling and storage of crypto on the boat mm-hmm, and um mm-hmm. we work, kind of worked directly under the captain so it was good and then um and then i went to uh dive school um in 2013 uh it's not it's it's not the same as the navy divers but we do it's like we do just the scuba portion mm-hmm. before the guys go into surface supply diving. So like, you know, underwater construction, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Um, we just do the scuba portion and then we go back to the boat. And so we were just scuba divers on the boat. So it was like a collateral, du- cool. collateral duty, but it was still cool, you know, diving on a submarine, getting under it because not everybody else. There's only like three of us that were divers on the boat.
3: That's cool.
2: So
0: that was cool being able to dive under a sub and, you know. Just, I love scuba Just diving. to be able to say you did that. We were that. talking about
2: this earlier mm-hmm. before we started, but I got certified. It was like. It was one of the things that I wanted to do when I moved to Florida cuz I grew up in Ohio. But dude, it's like a whole new world down there. Like not to sound like the little mermaid, but it's no, like it's, we it's all have, we m- have like five-year-old. It's a little kids. mermaid. Yeah, it is. Like yeah. it's amazing. It's the best. Okay, so I don't want to keep I don't want to like but tell me your best. Navy story, like the best. Don't like tell me the best story. Yeah, what kind of? Don't story? Don't hold back. What kind of story? Well, something what just exciting. popped in your head just now? Well, <laughs> give I us have, something what exciting. just popped okay, in so your a, head?
0: Badass, exciting, maybe near death. Um, what? No, just tell me, me your
2: be- oh, your favorite Navy story. Your favorite.
0: Lord. Well, I can definitely tell you near death from from diving, but that was outside of the Navy. No, <laughs> give us a Navy we, one. We, can we can give us get to a that. Navy one. Oh, we'll get there. <laughs> oh well. It's gonna be. It's gonna sound dumb to say this, but the vast majority of my stories were all of us getting completely shit faced. Okay. And uh, um, I know one is all of us getting matching tattoos out in San Diego one time. Really? Uh, yeah, that was great. What is it of?
2: What, can I see it? <sighs>
0: it's so dumb. Okay, I can I actually. Told, I can tell the story. <laughs> no, I so, Okay, yeah. He's like, all right, so, I gotta go to another one. Like, uh, Never mind. <laughs> well, no, it all, it all, no, it, in, no, this story is gonna integrate with that. So, um, one of our buddies re-enlisted, so everybody went out. And then um, one of my buddies, so we have – and this also I can kind of, like, tell you a little bit how the submarine life kind of works. So I'll start with that and then go right back into it. So you have your normal work hours, right? Mm -hmm. And then every three days you stand duty. So when you stand duty, you're on the sub for 24 hours, and you can't leave. And you have to stand watch in the middle of the night, usually twice, and it's four hours long, so sometimes like eight hours. So you would work all day, and then you'd have duty that same day. So you'd work, and then you'd have – duty and then you wouldn't leave the boat again so you'd be there basically every three days for like 36 hours if that makes any sense Mm -hmm. and then you would be off going so then you'd work the following day so you'd be back still on the boat wake up at five do a full another work day you haven't gone home yet and then finally get off and then go home and then the next day you went back to work you were oncoming so then you had duty again the next day and it was like that constantly so you cannot fuck up on going to duty. If mm-hmm. you were drunk or late or whatever, they would just hammer the fuck out of you. So, buddy re big party. Everybody goes out. Everybody drinks all night. My buddy, uh, who's actually my <laughs> my recruiter right now, uh, he gets fucked up, doesn't show up for duty the next morning. Uh-oh. I get a phone call from my chief, and he's cussing me out first thing in the morning. He's like, I know you fucking did this. <laughs> I know you were with him. I know it, you the motherfucker. Where is? because we were inseparable, like, If he was out, I was out. If anybody was together, we were together. So, sure shit, he gets in trouble, goes to Captain's Mass, which is basically like you don't want to go to Mass because you can lose rank, you can get kicked out, lose money, et cetera. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So we go to Mass, and they make eight of us sit in behind him at his Mass in front of our Captain. So the Captain restricts him for 60 days to the sub. So cannot leave, can't go home, can't do shit. (gasps) So 60 60 fucking days, he's in prison. prison. So he's stuck. Oh my god! Basically like go to jail for two months and you can't do shit. So he's stuck on the boat. Oh, geez. And so at his mass, he's like, listen. I would never drink again. (laughs) (laughs) So at his mass, he's like, all you guys are, he's like, I like you guys. You guys work hard, you know, you're a bunch of hard workers. He's like, you guys just like to steam, you know. You guys just steam a little too hard. You're just a bunch of steamers. So stupid so oh boy i know we get to, so we get to san diego and we all so he like he gets off gets off restriction so we're like we're going out so we go out day <laughs> drinking immediately yeah. and i have so
3: many issues <laughs> with the thought
1: process one yeah, i gonna yeah, kind of relate though dude we were bit. like
0: 22 at the time you know we have more money than we know what to do with right, right. none of us are married. kings of the world none dude. of us have kids yeah, yeah. we're yeah. in yeah. san diego yeah. we're like let's 100%. just fucking yeah so we go out, you know, we immediately get kicked out of a bar like usual because one of our buddies is just so obnoxiously loud from doing Jaeger bombs at like 10 a.m. <laughs> and so we're walking down the we're walking down the street, and I think I, I want to say we we're in like I might have been in Pacific Beach or somewhere like that in San Diego, and we come come around a corner and I just see a giant fucking sign that says tattoo. Oh boy. And I'm like, let's fucking get tattoos. And so my buddy who was there, Pulls out his phone, and is like, I got the perfect one, and it's like a steam kettle anchor for oh. us being steamers, <laughs> <laughs> because our because we've been joking about this because my captain called us this. Called
3: you steamers.
2: So we oh, go, I love so it.
0: we go in, and by the way, we are shit faced. Mm-hmm. It is fucking like the afternoon. It's like maybe twelve in the <laughs> afternoon. We go in and we convince them we're not that drunk. Of course. And so there's five of us, two of my one buddy, he gets. They tell him he's too drunk, can't do it. The other three of us, we all get the tattoo. Oh and then our goodness. other buddy is so shit-faced that he goes to the bathroom to throw up, ends up puking on the whole entire bathroom, oh and then escapes out the back door, and we lose him for like five hours. Oh, my gosh. And he's the one that drove us. Oh. So we're, oh so we're in there. And we all get this stupid shit, which I love, but it's this anchor right here.
1: I see it. It's right? see a good it. thing you explained the story still, before I saw it. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> so I, still
0: to this day, it's my favorite tattoo probably I, I've ever got. And That's so hilarious. ended up a bunch of us get it. Somehow we end up find my buddy. He comes walking down. Uh, <laughs> like four hours later, we're like, dude, we have to get back to base. Like we have work in the morning. Mm. We have no idea where he is. Mm. Shout out to my buddy, uh, Quinn Butler. And... He comes walking down the street with a shirt on inside out and backwards. He would always, every single time we go out, he would always lose a shoe. So he comes walking up with one shoe like normal, and he has a water bottle like this big. We don't know where he got it from, and he just has puke all down his back. And he just walks up, and he's like, Why'd you guys fucking leave me? Uh. And we're like, what do you mean we left you? We're like, dude, you fucking bailed like four hours ago. So we're trying to hotwire his Jeep like a bunch of drunk idiots. None of us know how to hotwire a Jeep, but we're like, we're going to figure this out. Who
2: thought this was a good
1: idea? Again,
0: 22 and dumb. So he comes, we get uh, get his Jeep, somehow make it to base. And then the next morning we wake up and we're laying in bed and we're just like, dude, why does my arm hurt so bad? and we no idea, oh, no. and I look down, my arms wrapped up, blood's all over my sheets, and I'm like, dude, what the fuck did we do? And I look down, I'm like, oh, my God, we, we got, got tattoos, tattoos oh last night. And then we all start laughing, and then, dude, our, like, chief found out and just ripped us a new one the next day for, like, eight hours. Oh, that's was, but you all showed up for work. Oh, yeah, yeah, always. That, that's, that dude, I can't tell you how many times that we would get, like, 45 minutes of sleep and be running uh, down the pier for, like, uh, quarters on the pier, literally, like, putting on our... Fucking uniform, running, and then like stand in line, and be ready. Like er- there's so many times it was so dumb. But again, early twenties.
2: We've all well, no. I haven't been there, but
0: <laughs> America, <laughs> I know
2: he's been there.
0: America, this is what your
1: armed forces is doing uh, in <laughs> their spare uh, time. Uh, That's taxpayer I do want to say thank
2: you for your service, going, but now it feels like a little go <laughs> into <inappropriate>. work.
1: <laughs> so. All right, so so to keep it in line with yeah. the pod. Exactly.
0: Rising above. Sorry for, um, <laughs> no, <I'm, laughs> well, hey, no,
2: I wanted to hear well, the story. We did, I asked.
0: We did rise above. No, we. you guys I would say we you rose did. above that day. You yeah. did. You, um,
2: <laughs> you got the job done.
1: Yeah. So what was it like being on a submarine for that long? Like, what did it do to your mental health? Mm-hmm. I, tell me about that. I want to understand, did it deteriorate your mental health? Did mm-hmm. it um, make you realize that, you know, did you guys have places to go and people to talk to, did the military provide that for Mm -hmm, you? mm -hmm, mm -hmm.
0: What did that look like? Uh, Yes and no. So it's like, it was, it was really rough. Um, and this is something I've always told people is like, you get shoved into a steel tube and put under, you know, hundreds of feet underwater for months on end or however long, you don't you're not you're not the same person you were when you went down mm. right from the beginning. Mm-hmm. And it, it is a mental game. It's rough. I mean, you know, imagine just being locked inside somewhere like, OK, mental health in general. Look at how much mental health was happening to people like at COVID, like being mm-hmm. locked inside all mm-hmm. day. Can't leave your house. Can't do anything. Oh, that's nothing compared. To I'm what saying like, you guys were going. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm saying like at least you get to see sunlight. You can go outside, whatever. Like right. we don't have that. It's like once they shut that hatch. I
2: literally can't imagine that. Yeah. I can't so. imagine not being able to see the sun. Yeah.
0: Once they shut the hatch. Oh I mean, gosh. hatch is shut and mm-hmm. that's it the only thing we saw was a screen of whenever the periscope was up and you look out and be like oh look sunny day or oh look it's raining <laughs> or, oh my so, my screen. so we would joke and we would all huddle around the the tv and we would all be like dude you trying to get a tan and we'd all sit nah. there and be oh, like dude soak gosh. up this tan right now yeah uh, but um yeah no there was a lot of people you know unfortunately um there was a lot of guys you know it, and it sucks but uh You know, we had a lot of guys who had like, you know, suicidal ideations. You know, there Mm. are guys who have taken their life and, um, you know, military life in general. That's why, you know, it sucks. There's like 22 veterans a day that kill themselves and it's like a real problem. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. there's, you know, yeah, they have programs out there, but there are a lot of guys who, you know, um, they feel weak or, you know, they think it's hard for them to go talk to somebody. You know, they don't want to feel like that weak person to go, hey, I have a problem. I need help. Yeah. Um, But yeah, once, you know, being on the sub, uh, there were plenty of guys who would like have, you know, full blown like mental breakdowns.
2: Yeah. I think too, like probably especially for men, right? Like this is mm. such a, mm, it's such a taboo thing in our society. It's gotten better for mm. sure. But like. It's I can't even imagine being on a, in under uh, hundreds of feet underwater, not being able to see the sun, being depressed, being in the military, which is already mm. like a very like strong, like
0: yeah, suck it up. Yeah. Deal suck
2: it. it up type mentality. Yeah. Like being able to like cross that line and go talk to someone. Mm. What do you think that there needs to be changes made? Do you think that they could do a better job of offering services or, um, Like get, I don't know, maybe even prior to like a certain type of training to like prepare you for that kind Mm -hmm. of mental anguish. Cause that's, I mean, like you said, it's like a prison and, but you didn't, you're not, you didn't do anything wrong. You're trying to serve your country. So that's like, that's fucked up.
0: And a lot of guys too, (laughs) like myself included, like you have no idea. Like I remember when I chose it, it was like, I knew what submarines were, but I had no fucking clue. You're just like, Oh yeah, I know what that is. right? And they're just like, okay. You fill a billet and they're just like. Checking the box, got another one, and then you get down and you're like, "Oh shit, I had no idea." This it was is like really this. hard. Yeah, yeah. And there's a lot of people who like quit or you know, um, unfortunately will you know claim like again su- suicidal ideation and stuff mm-hmm, like that. And mm-hmm. like, dude, I have to get the fuck off the thing. I'm going to go nuts. Mm-hmm. And there have been people who have gone nuts. Yeah. Um, was there is there is there a jail
2: in
1: there? So if someone acts up, let's say, and you're at the bottom of the ocean oh, and no. you can't come up. And someone does something really bad. Is there a jail?
0: No, there's nothing. Like it. Dude, it's too oh, small. Okay. It's way too small. Okay. Well, the, the one I was on, so I was on a fast attack. So it was like 360 feet long. Um, so you mm-hmm. had like the forward section, and then you have you know the reactors in the middle, and then you have back aft, which is the engine room. And reactor is part of like the whole engine room. But how it's, many it's guys separate, are on there? It's like 150. But if we were like oh say if God. we were deployed and you had riders and stuff, it was it'd be like 170. I think 180 max. So you're tight. I remember. You're packed tight. Oh, yeah, and super packed. So, again, to talk about, like, how to mentally go through that is, so oh, no. we have, like, mm. two showers for everybody. For the majority of, like, the enlisted, there's, like, two showers. And then you would oh, do what's gosh. called hot, hot racking. So there would be, like, three racks, right? So it would be, like, a bottom, a middle, and a top. And then uh, a majority of the time, unless you were, like, a senior guy and, you know, the guy who wrote the birthing and all that would hook you up with your own rack but the majority of the time especially as a new guy you'd either sleep down in the torpedo room you know cuddling a torpedo or you would hot rack with two other guys so we at first we used to do six 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 so six hours of uh sleep six hours of watch which was your job Mm -hmm. and then six hours of off going which is where you'd go study to qualify Mm -hmm. but the moment you get out of the rack the next guy gets in as soon as he gets out of the wreck, the next guy gets in. Oh and you better gosh. hope to God that you don't have somebody who's a stinky fucking right. turd that doesn't shower. Because yeah. oh that happened gosh. all the time. Oh, my God! Like, grown men, I can't tell you who would not bathe,
3: mm. who
0: would get in in their uniform that they wore all day mm. and sleep in the same like linen that you have on there and mm-hmm. like lay on your pillow and you're just sharing that. Mm. Oh my so gosh. That was the worst. Their parents were definitely enablers. <laughs> definitely.
2: <laughs> had to be. Uh,
1: 100%.
0: Had to be. <laughs>
2: 100%. So what was it like when you came back to civilian life? Like t- tell me about like post. Yeah.
0: So that was a, uh, so that's one thing like, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of guys and I still have buddies that like I talk to and even to this day, you know, as long as they've been out, or, like, all of us have been out, is, uh, you know, they really struggle with trying to, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Trying to, like... Adjust back adju- to life. Uh, adjust back to life. Uh, try to, you know... Bridge back to life, almost? Uh, I, God, I hate that I'm forgetting this word. It's killing me right now. But um,
2: Just, like, acclimate back to being a civilian? Acclimate,
0: and, like, just to be able to, like... Talk and communicate with most people. Mm-hmm. It's it's kind of difficult mm-hmm. because like we're used to such a certain uh, lifestyle, mm-hmm. and then to try to because there's a lot of things we say or do, and then like you talk to people who've never been in or never served the military, mm-hmm. and it just goes all branches. Like you can meet anybody, even to this day, anybody that's like been in the military. Mm-hmm. I can like. You have a camaraderie. You just are like, yeah. what'd you do? Okay, cool. Instantly, right. like, we can hit it off. Mm-hmm. And then other people is it's kind of it's difficult because you're like, I don't know if I'm going to say something that might offend them. Right. Because a lot of times we do. Say Did stuff you feel that's offensive.
2: self-conscious like that when you came off? At like- first,
0: um, it was a little weird uh, trying to acclimate and all that. But I luckily, when I got out, I went to commercial dive school mm-hmm. up in uh, Seattle, Washington. And so the vast majority of all those guys that were there it was all it was majority was all guys, um, and all pretty much all of them were all ex-military. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. that really helped, like me especially, was going from military with nothing but dudes right into basically military but minus the uniforms with nothing but guys. Right. So We all hit it off great, you know. Especially like on the weekends if we hung out, you know, guys would swap stories, kind of help with each other yeah. mentally, getting mm-hmm. through things like. You know, you know, especially like what are you struggling with? Are you, yeah. You know, so that that helped a lot for me. You found
2: your tribe. Yeah. So mm-hmm. you you know
0: you find other people just like you and you know been through similar stuff that you have, especially mm-hmm. like you know mental mentally. That's mm-hmm. the biggest thing. Mm-hmm. And so that helped that helped tremendously doing that. And then um, for like the next five years was doing underwater construction, and you still worked with a vast majority of military guys, mm-hmm. and so that that really helped a lot. But I know so many people who didn't have that, and they just went straight from that to like college and i had mm-hmm. buddies who went to college or after military and they were just like dude
2: i can't imagine oh my gosh oh, i can't yeah. imagine being serving being in that ca- type of environment for a long period of time and then going <laughs> like yeah. not to talk shit about college students but you can n- <laughs> you know the majority <laughs> of them are very unaware yeah. and i would say like self-centered
1: and mm-hmm. really
2: childish oh, r- and really <laughs> oh <okay.
1: laughs> wow <laughs> no <laughs> uh, you're absolutely right I don't want to like, yeah 1, I don't want to talk shit correct
3: that I came
1: not Toddled, yeah, yeah the whole
0: nine yeah absolutely uh, Heath actually was the one that told me this because he was going to school out in Texas and he was like these like 18 year old kids would get up in class and be like you know right after someone would say something be like uh you need to go ahead and check your privilege before you speak like that I would what <laughs> I feel like I would absolutely lose my fucking mind. Yeah, yeah, like the entitlement that it, comes with yeah, that age. An 18-year-old who, oh, has, yeah. who hasn't who has done fuck all with her life right. and yep. is like, you need to check your fucking privilege and uh, watch what you say, mm. and you're only here because the military is giving you free education. It's like, yeah. dude.
1: Oh, that would be tough. You have no idea. That would yeah. be tough. Yeah. I was that guy saying the privilege. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> oh, God. No, but... Going back to what you were saying, um, I love the dynamic with, you know, when you were working and swapping stories with Mm -hmm. other people who were in the military. So Mm -hmm. I'm I'm sober. Um, I go to meetings. I go to meetings where there are other people in sobriety and that camaraderie. I'm able to open up with those people Mm -hmm. because they understand what I went through, what I'm going through. I'm not alone right mm. so I think it's important you know for the audience to hear this um, surrounding yourself with people who have been through similar mm-hmm. situations mm-hmm. experiences uh, whatever it may be I think that's very important to always surround yourself with people who have experience a hundred percent it's 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 important to know I don't even, I don't I don't want to speak for people but no matter what the situation is whatever yeah. you're going through there are people out there that have been through the same
0: thing 100% and can relate mm-hmm. and you're not you're not the only one there's plenty of people who have been through it and who are going through it right now yeah and that's with anything so right. um, I I completely agree with you with that and and the biggest thing too is like a lot of guys I feel like as a man is they struggle with with opening up? Yes. So like I've struggled with that yes. so much in my life. Is yep. trying to because I'm like, don't be a bitch, don't be a pussy. Like, yeah, sho- shove that it comes down. From
2: guys, like just okay. So just because I'm a female and mm. I,
0: <laughs> she says that to
1: men. <laughs>
2: no, but I no, I just want like I
1: Kayla.
2: I definitely yeah. I mean, I guess there is a part of me that also like does that like suck no. it up buttercup mm-hmm. type mentality, but. I know. I mean, I just know that it has to be ten times what I feel for you guys. And where does that come from? Like,
1: it's society. Is it it's, just like I think in, society in the movies in our... we watch and the television shows mm. we watch? The ma- uh, like, it's just like.
2: Do you remember anyone telling you like, "Don't yeah. cry" or like, no. do, like, is that like, is this real? Like, I mean, yeah.
0: I mean, I'm, yeah. Plenty of people have been like. Quit, fuck, a pussy. quit fucking whining quit being a pussy like mm-hmm. dude mm-hmm. everybody's eating this fucking turd sandwich right now like no one gives a shit about your mm-hmm. feelings mm-hmm. especially like especially like uh going back to like on the sub or like even when i was diving it's a lot of fucking hard men mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. especially mentally and what men don't want to hear is other men bitching and complaining about their mm-hmm. fucking problems and that's mm-hmm. what a lot of guys too especially myself and i have been you know People, my buddies that know me I've had plenty of times where I've you know break down and, you know complaining about shit but you know you're trying to vent but then you don't want to sound like a bitch and you know complaining too much but finding the right people
2: that are safe for you to do yeah. that with yeah
0: well people who want to listen and you know yeah. are, and have gone through the same type of deal or same things and uh, you know mm. they're there for you and like that's why you know like you know, Heath is one of my best ones. We sit and vent. We talk about life all the time and, like, mm. you know, what are you going through? What are you struggling with? What's happening?
2: Like, check in with your homies. Always check in. It's mm. great. And that's, I love and, that. And
0: that's something I, I would love to say to, you know, guys out there, especially, you know, veterans. Like, dude, if you have not called your buddies, mm-hmm. if you have not talked to them in a while, please give them a call.
2: Dude, what did we talk about? Phone. Pick up the phone.
0: It's yeah. not hard. Pick up the phone. Just pick up the phone, send a message, just something, because you have no idea. At how much like you don't know what people are going through on a day-to-day mm-hmm. basis or what what's happening right now in their life and mm-hmm. they could they could like that one phone call or that one message could be something that actually stops them from mm-hmm. doing something that they might regret for the rest of their life yep. that is so powerful
1: yeah
2: it really is i'm
1: i'm very glad you said that mm-hmm. because also too on the flip side and even listen i'm going to say it selfishly it holds you accountable as well mm-hmm. it holds all parties accountable mm-hmm. when you're in constant contact with people You don't know what they're going through. You could save that person. You could help that person. It's self-esteemable acts and not even knowing you're participating in self-esteemable acts.
2: What I love about it is like we all three come from very different backgrounds, right? Like Kevin's background is totally different from yours Mm. and, and my background is totally different from your guys's. But the one thing that I find a common thread in is like, when i talk to survivors of sexual abuse or when when people say what would you tell someone what would you tell a younger you i would say say something mm-hmm. pick up the phone you know have the have the strength to be vulnerable enough to to reach out and ask for help like mm-hmm. that's the strongest thing you can do is reach out and ask for help and i promise you there will be someone there mm-hmm. to help you like whether you believe in god or yeah. mm-hmm. what if you're spiritual like that that act, I truly believe, like, has power in and of itself.
0: And I think for a lot of people that's the hardest The hardest step is
2: oh, yeah. asking. Oh, like, yeah.
0: Everything after that kind of just flows, but mm-hmm. it's that initial asking for help, you know, just trying to reach out to somebody mm-hmm. that's always the most difficult. Well, that's a very vulnerable position to be in. Oh. Asking for help, mm-hmm. being humble. Oh, yeah. That
1: is...
2: Well, we all have this, like, illusion of control, right? We yes. all have this belief that, like, we can... Manage it or contain it or deal with it or stuff it down deep enough or mm-hmm. whatever it is, however, it is that you cope with it, deal mm-hmm. with whatever issues you have. Like, and to get to the point where you ask for help means you realize, like, my life is unmanageable. I'm this is out of control. This is, I can't do this by myself.
0: No, mm-hmm. nobody, nobody, and nobody can. Nobody can. <laughs> that's like and a
2: very human thing. Nobody can. And
0: that's one thing I've been learning more over, like, uh, especially like this past year. Mm. maybe even like past two years is I have always, always just buried, excuse me. I've always just buried everything down. Mm -hmm. And there's one thing I've learned recently is the deeper you keep burying that down and keep stacking that shit on top of each other. It'll come out in ways that you did not expect. Mm -hmm. And, uh, it's rough when it comes out because Mm -hmm. you're just like, what the fuck did I just do? Or Mm -hmm. what am I doing? Where did this come from? And you're like, Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, I have not reached out. I haven't, Mm -hmm. I haven't vented about this. I haven't talked to anybody about this. It's built I've just been burying this emotion mm-hmm. deep down, and then it can just come out in any way and mm-hmm. just, when you least expect it. Yep. Yeah. And then yep. and then you have to sit back and reflect and go, okay, that's why that happened.
2: Right. Either you come to the realization that your life is mm-hmm. out of control and you need help, or your life makes it a realization like 100%. from your actions, from your choices, yep. from like you said, it's just coming out in ways that you didn't even think were possible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've, I've been there a million times. So you were talking a little bit about like going from the Navy to going into commercial diving. And you've talked a lot about you had men in your life, but you have a daughter. So I'm assuming eventually you met women. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, once.
1: And you talked about... <laughs> The first girl I met, I married her. Yeah. <laughs>
2: and you're saying that you're going through a, a tough divorce right now. And yeah. mentally, like, that's been really hard. Been, I wonder if yeah. you wanted to share any of, like, talk yeah. about that story uh, uh, at of, all. Of Maybe course. help some of
0: our listeners who might be going
2: through the same thing. Of
0: course. And, you know, hopefully I'll try not to go down too much of a rabbit hole. And just that's let me okay. know if I get. You're good. And if yeah. I get off. Let's this is not, a safe space. Let's
1: not character assassinate. Let's focus on the feelings. And let's. let's.
0: Lots
2: <laughs> well, of I statements.
1: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> let's unpack
2: yeah.
0: the feelings. All right. So um, yeah. So right now with what I'm going through and hopefully, you know, and again, I'm, I'm not the first guy that's gone through this and I'm not going to be the last guy that's gone through this mm-hmm. or women or anything. Plenty of people have gone through this. But mm-hmm. um, so um, in 2021, me and my. Me and my ex, we split and we were going through like a year and a half divorce. It was a nightmare. It was rough, you know, lawyers, everything, just fighting constantly. And then uh, we decided to try to, you know, work things out and get back together. So we did. And then I left, you know, West Palm, moved back to uh, towards Jacksonville. Um, We got a house. Luckily, we were just renting and didn't, uh, didn't buy one. And so moved back in. Finally, you know, was with my daughter, you know, we're struggling just like most people nowadays, everybody's struggling. So I was working three jobs. Um, mm. She was working part time on the weekends. That was it, and then basically like staying home with her daughter. Mm-hmm. So fast forward, it only lasted about eight months, and she. How long
2: were you guys together the first time? So
0: we've been on and off. Basically, we've been married for five and a half, almost six years. Mm-hmm. About five and a half, mm-hmm. and uh, so so we're in the house, and then I find out that in those eight months, I found out four times that she's still been talking to two of the guys that she was sleeping with when we were separated Mm. and the fourth time I caught her and I just kept giving her another chance another chance and you know the fourth time I caught her she was using a like a burner phone so Mm. her like old cell phone that she was like oh I just want it so I can play games on it and I'm like bullshit but whatever um, so I come to find out, you know, fake, ins- fake Instagram of like her mom's company, still following every guy that she's like cheated on me with in the past, oh uh, still talking to the same guys after I've said, stop doing this mm. or I will divorce you. Mm. So I catch her and i try to not make this too long, but, um, so in October, uh, so I'm, I was a personal trainer and, you know, I, I worked at a gym and then I also started my own side thing for a minute so i was getting ready for work i was leaving the house at six o'clock in the morning she was in the sleeping in the spare bedroom and as i cranked my the moment i cranked my car up her bluetooth linked to my phone or linked to my car and it was another dude named brock coming through my phone uh, through my car and i could hear his voice and see his name through the through the car Uh. and she's trying to call him over at 6 a.m while i'm going to work and our daughter's sleeping in her bedroom So I go in and confront her, and then um, big fight. She's like, you're making it all up. You're a liar. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to work. And so I get like five miles on the road, call her, and I'm like, dude, what are you doing? Like, wh- wh- it's 6 in the morning. What are you doing? Mm. And then all of a sudden, this guy's voice comes through the f- car and just starts cussing me out. So I'm like, this dude's in my house with my kid. Mm. So I flip a U.E. Oh hauled ass back home, oh and I get to the house. I go to the door, confront her. I'm just... I'm I, I don't even have words to express how yeah. I felt so I end up taking a screwdriver undoing the door take it take the door off go in there he's because not because they wouldn't open it they yeah wouldn't they open to it, trying to get it. Okay. so yep. your yeah, house my house oh. so I so I take the doorknob off by the way I have video of all this so I'm mm-hmm. um, everything I say I have either video of this paperwork of this mm-hmm. I have evidence for all this and I just blowing smoke up your ass. You were story. acquitted actually. So wherever was, this is yeah, going, he was acquitted, I was acquitted. legally. So, um, I think it's important I don't for the that, yeah, to know okay. that. But so, where he's going, Yeah. Really. go ahead. Uh, so I go into the room. Uh, he wasn't there. She put him on three-way call just to like, I'm pretty sure to set me up. So words get, you know, going back and forth. Well, she threatens to go kill herself. So she goes and grabs oh my, my gun, God. which isn't the first time she's tried doing this. I had her Baker acted in 2021 because she cut her wrist to pieces with my beard trimmer.
3: Oh my and yeah, God. and that
0: was great. And then um so I go in the room, basically tackle her onto the bed, pull the gun away, and then mm. shortly later my daughter wakes up, comes yeah. out, sits on the couch with me trying to watch cartoons. She comes back out, starts throwing stuff, breaking stuff, gets in my face. So I record her cuz she's trying to leave. So this video is what saved me in court. So mm-hmm. I start recording her. The moment I turn the phone off, she bum rushes me while I'm holding my daughter and starts punching me in the side of the oh, head. My- so, I'm covering my kid up as I'm getting punched to make sure she doesn't get hit. At this point, I call the police. You know, I stay on the phone for 15 minutes before they get there. They take me outside to get my side of the story. As I'm outside talking to the police, she's in the spare bedroom and just starts to commence to claw her neck and her chest with her fingernails. So, they go in the house, they see marks on her, arrest me right in front of my kid. So, I get put in jail for two days for domestic violence and battery charges. And, uh, as soon as I get out, they slap an ankle monitor on me for a month. I can't go within 500 feet of her or my kid. She follows her third injunction on me in the last four years. Uh, I can't talk to my kid. Can't see her. Can't know anything about her. Um, I lose my house. I lost all three of my jobs that day. Uh, she stole my car. She stole Everything from birth certificates, social security card, passport, all my military awards, all my dive gear, all my military uniforms. Um, She bleached my clothes, broke the zippers off my pants. Uh, You you name it. Took Mm. it. And so thank God for Heath. And they let me move in with them as I was getting through this. Had to get two lawyers, divorce and defense. Um, And then so been dealing with that and then come to find out the moment I and, like, out of jail, she is already moved in with one of the guys she was cheating on me with with my daughter, and they oh. live there now. So um, oh gosh. fight the defense lawyer. They dropped all the charges. We didn't even have to step foot in court. State prosecutor was literally told my uh, lawyer, said, I was like, what is the legal, legal term she said? "I was like, too many discrepancies in her statement. And I was like, what did she actually say? And she goes, oh, that bitch lied. Ugh. So dropped everything. And then now fighting the divorce. So I just recently was able to see my kid for the first time. I got her for Christmas, and then uh, they kept her from me for another, like, 32, 33 days. Talked to her maybe two, three times. And then finally got her this past weekend when we hung out and had, you know, our two daughters together. So now I'm, like, trying to get her again, like, every other week. Um, Oh, my God. But it's just been a fucking nightmare from hell. So, yeah.
2: Nobody, I think, so... First of all, like before we even get into that, talk to me a little bit about, because I think that this is something that we don't talk about enough for men. Like I was in an abusive relationship Mm -hmm. and to get out of it was probably the hardest thing I've ever had to do. I would go back, I would go back, I would go back, I would go back. Mm -hmm. I mean, you almost killed me. I would go back, I would go back, I would go back. Same. me getting my kids really, like I call it God. God mm. saved my life because if I, i never had the strength to leave for myself. But mm. when I got those kids, I was like, holy shit. Yeah, I've that's... gotta get my life together. But talk to me about like how hard that is. And you have a child with this person. Like yeah. I, obviously at one point you loved her. Like this, this oh, didn't, yeah. you know, it wasn't What's like, a, whole reason it wasn't. this yeah. is what I think people don't understand about abusive relationships. Is it, it's not like they're all bad. You know, it's not like it's, like, 24-7 chaos. Like, no. they, you know, narcissists Hunters. keep you holding on. <laughs> well, to go off that. and <laughs> They you, love bomb you, and then they <laughs> discard you, oh and my then God. they.
0: So that's, that's what, mm, I'm sure you probably went through the same thing. So it's like, hey, you know, tell me if I'm wrong. You'll have, like, they'll give you, like, the greatest week of your life, mm-hmm. and you're like, holy shit, and they suck This is you what in. I've been waiting for. It's, like, oh, it's oh, my God, I can finally be- fill mm-hmm. that hole in my heart, this, mm-hmm. like, this abyss of just love, and mm-hmm. you're like, holy shit, things are great. Like, I can't mm-hmm. believe this is good. And then out of nowhere, like that. Yep they'll give you two, three weeks of hell. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden they'll start reeling you back in, mm-hmm. give you another good week, mm-hmm. maybe two tops. Mm-hmm. So our whole marriage, the maybe, cycle, maybe two weeks was the longest I can ever remember of things being good. And mm-hmm. then it would be like another week, to three weeks or four weeks of just hell. Mm-hmm. And then they'd suck you back in. So, so
2: yeah, no, I've been there. Oh, honey, it's a, I've it's been a, there. It's a, yeah. It's, it's, it's
0: a, um, <laughs> it's something I've, I've been reading more about is, uh, they call it trauma bonding. Yep. And trauma I'd bonding. I've never heard that before until it's recently. It's chemical, dude. So it's like addi- oh.
2: it's the same as addiction. It's not not to point at you. I say addiction.
0: No, no, no. you <laughs> It's ahead. the you're same ahead. as addiction. For me, is. I've been I've been realizing more now is she has been my she is my addiction. Mm-hmm. So for the last like almost six years, like mm-hmm. I have been truly addicted to this woman. Mm-hmm. Like I've even told to her. To
2: the high that you feel when she it's, is. I, there's no. When there's she's no, love bombing. There's yeah. no drug or alcohol right. that can right. fucking
0: make me feel the way right. when things were good with her, when she would like, you know, mm-hmm. put this turn facade on. on, turn mm-hmm. that shit on. I would just be like, oh my God, this is, I can't wait to spend the rest of my life. And with so person. many
2: men don't, yeah. I feel like don't, are not educated on that right like because it does happen to men too all the time like mm. <laughs> there narcissists aren't only f- male you know like there yeah. are female narcissists too just shitty people. living proof right <laughs> yeah <here>. <laughs> <laughs> and so so rock bottom so after that you were done yeah. after that that well, was like the, the moment, rock bottom well the moment that was i was the moment things changed. laying
0: in a fucking jail yeah. going, why in mm. the fuck am i here mm. and Ugh, you know that uh and then on top of that, what sucks is like as soon as I get out too, so her and the guy she was cheating on me with, I got three – so I talked to my bank, Navy Federal, and I had to talk with their fraud department. And for three days while I was in jail and out of jail, they were calling – He, the guy was pretending to be me and trying to transfer all my funds to his, quote, wife – and I have all this in writing. I have oh everything gosh. through the fraud department. I've got all this. You're like, I was in jail. Yeah, I <laughs> It wasn't was like, me. I've been in jail for the last two days. And they were like, you didn't do this? I was like, no, I didn't do it. So oh when I say gosh. I had to change everything, like uh. you talk about rock bottom, mm. that's when I laid there and was just like, okay, this is finally, I think this is either God telling me or mm. s- the universe, something saying, mm. you're done, dude. Mm. Like you need to do something else in your life and move mm. on. Like this woman is going to destroy you. Yeah. Which she did. Right but i'm trying to stay in the best you know talking about rise above i'm trying to stay in the best positive attitude mm. the way i look at this is this guy or these men they didn't steal my wife away they they didn't take my wife from me they took my problem away mm. you know what i mean mm-hmm. like they wow. got so damn mm-hmm. that's that's where i'm at more yeah. mentally and i keep telling myself that every day cuz there's still like you're still stuck with that, that you know bond that trauma of bond we're like, there's still... No, it's
2: literally like breaking an addiction.
0: Yeah, there's still that piece in my head that's like, I have to shut down every day that's like, oh, maybe we can fix this. And mm-hmm. I'm like, dude, mm-hmm. you are never fixing this. Mm-hmm. And you are a fucking idiot if you think mm. you're ever going to fix this or go back to this. Because mm. those people like that don't change. They've been right. that way their whole life. They will always be that way. They will never change. Because mm. they're never wrong. They'll never admit to being wrong. It's always...
2: You, I find yeah. that they're just so unaware. Like, they... Mm. They don't think there's a problem. You can't change if you're not aware that there's a problem, or like that. You can't change if you you don't know. You know that I, I have come to the place where I actually feel a lot of. um, I have a lot of grace and sympathy Mm -hmm. for people like that because I know, in order to be, that way, something really bad had to have happened to them to make them that person, and it's really sad. It's really mm-hmm. sad that they're going to live the rest of their life repeating that cycle. Like, it, it's not, it could be, you know, Brock or John or, like, mm-hmm. it just insert person here. It's yep. still going to be the same cycle of, like, toxic Always. chaos over gonna, and over and over and, 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 and she'll over do again. the
0: same thing to it's this new sad. guy that she did right. to me. And then after him, once he's used up, move right. on to the next.
2: But give yourself grace, dude, because really, like. It takes so much strength to get out of a situation like that, especially, especially with a, a kid involved, and like
0: and that's the hardest part about oh, all. I of can't it. even
2: imagine. I and, cannot even imagine. But I, but I
0: wouldn't be where I'm at without without these good people in my life. Like mm. I'm very blessed. Like my family is helping me through this, mm-hmm. um, and then my buddies. You know, like we talked. You know, my buddy Heath, and then Dylan, who you know. If it wasn't for them, like, you know, Dylan literally, as soon as it happened, was just like, because I had nowhere to go. I had, I literally was homeless.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: he was just like, come back. Door's mm. wide open. Don't worry about nothing. He's like, my house is, he's like, Isn't got, that he beautiful? Goes, I got a bed for you. He's mm. he like, you get your old room again. We can fucking. Your old we can, room again. Yeah, dude. <laughs> got your old room for <laughs> you, yeah. buddy so come on home it was so funny Aww. it was so funny like talking about rock bottom is like so the first time i moved in with him I literally all i had was a mattress on the floor that was mm. it and then <laughs> you moved up and then now <laughs> yeah and then now there's an you actual the now there's suite. an actual bed and i'm like <laughs> i got a frame there's a, a box bed frame. dude there's I a full sheets. there's a full bed and i got like two dressers sometimes how
2: in. men live really just like it It's absurd
3: yeah <laughs>
0: Yeah. It, it literally is so simple for us. Like, we don't need much of nothing.
2: And you're like a TV, yeah. a mattress.
0: I, <laughs> I have a
1: question. So, mm-hmm. staying in the solution here, right? Mm-hmm. So, there are a lot of people who mm-hmm. are going through experienced what mm-hmm. you experienced, mm-hmm. Kayla. Stuck experience. in it right now. Yeah. The Struggling. trauma bonding, the um, being pointless. in a relationship or trying to get out of a relationship, a toxic with a narcissist. environment. Yeah. yeah. And, and they're addicted to that what are you doing now Mm -hmm. today and what have you implemented in your daily life to help you like you said every day is a decision where you need to say no like what am I thinking I can't I can't talk to her like she's bad for me um you have you have to make that decision every day Mm -hmm. now what have you implemented in your life to prevent that
0: so uh biggest thing with me is like i'm not gonna go back to where i was the first time so the first time and you know it like we discussed earlier like so alcoholism run uh, runs really deep on both sides of my family and mm. that's something that i have struggled with for many years mm. not saying i'm an alcoholic but i have had moments where you know they say alcoholism is hereditary and like for me I've gotten caught up where you know I've literally tried to drown myself Mm. in a bottle Mm because I thought this as long as I can stay numb, Mm -hmm. then I'll be be okay. Yep. And so for me, it's a symptom. So for me, what has helped is, uh, and this is just my personal belief is you have to put your body through some type of physical, you know, I mean, work out. Some, you cannot sit things. here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So my mm-hmm. high now is I go to the gym. So I lift, I go to the gym mm-hmm. usually like twi- You've changed it to something twice healthy. a day. So everything now is like I cause I know I can easily go right back and just drink myself, drink my sorrows away and mm-hmm. be like, whoa fucking is me. Mm-hmm. Everyone feels sorry for me. So mm-hmm. me is just like I my happy place is going to the gym. So mm-hmm. I have to put my like I, I literally am like going to fight demons. So mm-hmm. I go to the gym and work out for like two hours a day. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I do it twice a day. Mm-hmm. And, uh, just, and the only reason why I have that time right now is because of everything that's happened. I'm, I'm you know, lucky right now to have that time, but this has been the best buildup for me to get back mentally.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: It's what you need right now. Everyone. So any, anybody going through the same thing, there's so many people who have such, uh, what is it sedentary lifestyle Mm -hmm. and they just sit and do nothing and Mm -hmm. they're just literally their bodies are just withering away Mm -hmm. so i have to put my body through some type of like you know some type of resistance some type of stress Mm -hmm. and it takes away so all my emotional pain and Mm -hmm. everything i just like okay well i'm just gonna (laughs) beat my body up so that way it makes me feel better you're literally
2: regulating your nervous system when you do that Mm -hmm. like that's that's science. Well,
0: one, I feel better. You feel better. You right. look better. You sleep better. Mm-hmm. You're eating better. I mm-hmm. mean, every. I mean, everything gets better. It's
2: a trickle down effect. You start mm-hmm. there. You start somewhere. Yep. And then it slowly bleeds into all areas of your life, and you're like, you start taking better care of yourself. Yeah. That's se- that's a form of self care.
0: And and something that like I've been away from for a very 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 long time, and I was very against it for a long time, and I'm I'm fine with opening up with it now as. You know, I've started praying again, mm-hmm. and uh, I knew, so, yes! uh, I'm so happy yes! you went there. I was yeah. like, just say,
1: yeah, I've the been,
0: word, yeah, <laughs> the word, yeah. So like, I
2: really wanted to ask you, like, this whole podcast, b- like, are you spiritual?
1: Like, yeah. do you a like, no, so, a higher power? Can I don't want to freak anyone this? out or anything. Yeah, no, like, no, no, no,
0: <laughs> no. And honestly, like, I, you know, I'll be honest mm. with you. Like, I've I've with been anti-religion, and I have reasons. Like we were discussing earlier, I've had several, you know, situations happen in life where. Some of the worst people I have ever met were these devoted Christian and mm. big religious people. And yeah, they come yeah. to find out that, I mean, they are just the mm. lowest of low mm. scum I have ever met. So I was anti-God, church, religion, all that for the last, like, 15-plus years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, I hated it. I, mm-hmm. I detested mm-hmm. religion. Mm-hmm. And... um uh, it wasn't – it was actually before all this went down, I actually just – something was like, hey, man, you should probably start praying. And mm. I don't know if that was a sign that something bad was coming. And, I'm, you know, but
2: – No, know, I think I God was like, hey, you're about it. to need me. But
0: I think I, literally, I think already I literally your think yeah. He was like, hey, dude, like yeah. I'm about to – some shit's about to happen to yeah. you. Yeah. <laughs> I know that's a horrible thing to say as I'm sitting here talking about God. I'm like, no, oh, cause, no, cause, no. That's your perspective. No, you're entitled of course, to your perspective. Um, absolutely. Yeah. So I started, I just like, even when I was going to work, so like I would bring my Bible and mm. it's the same Bible. And what, uh, mm. something, weird, something I did like my whole time in the Navy was not religious, hated all of it. But I had a lady who, uh, Uh, She passed away from cancer in like 2012, but right before I left for Guam, she was friends with my mother and showed up and gave me a Bible with like my name engraved and wrote me a nice little note. Mm. And I just kept that as a safekeeping. I never read it. I would just bring it every time I went out to sea, and Mm. I just thought it was like something that would keep me safe. Mm -hmm. And maybe it did. I don't know. I'm not dead yet. So I would just bring it with me. (laughs) And then once all this, like before this started, you know, all this went down Mm -hmm. and happened with my life, I, you know, I would sit outside the gym waiting on clients and I would just sit and read and just have like a little devotional to myself. Mm. And the more I I did that, that, then things started opening up for me. Like I had clients who were just like, hey, can you start like working me out on the side. I'm like, oh, not, oh, hell yeah, dude. Mm-hmm. So then I like started my own little side business there for a minute and, you know, it was doing really well with that. And it was awesome. It was starting to mm-hmm. kickstart. And then, you know, once everything fell through, then I've really turned myself to, um, start to pray more. And that's actually helped me a lot with, uh, me- mentally, like, mm-hmm. especially like, cause it, I can get roll, my nerves will take over and mm-hmm. I'll start getting I can get heated really, really quick. And Mm -hmm. then I just like, it takes me forever to calm down. Mm -hmm. Not that like I'm a a violent or, you know, person, but like I'll just by myself, I just start, you know, I just want to, oh, you just get so angry. That's why I punch people. Yeah. (laughs) So you get that out (laughs) that way. It's it's great. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, (laughs) so I can't punch people. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Even though I would love to. We're going to have you come to the gym. Yeah, Anytime so, you want to come to the gym, you can come per- punch it. Yeah, you can just... punch a bag at least. Yeah. So <laughs> I don't
2: know if I want you to punch me, but. No. <laughs> you can <could> punch me. <laughs> yeah. You can punch Kevin. Absolutely. We're uh, going to arrange that.
0: Well, yeah, I need to do that. I, well, I, I used to do, like, in high school and uh, college, I kickboxed for a while, and that was always the greatest thing ever. And it's was, such a good release, right? It was the greatest release mm-hmm. in the world. It was so much fun. And, uh yeah. You I, go- all,
2: I think all kids should be in martial arts. Like, not to go right. off on a tangent here, but I do think it is so good. Can't agree more. To have that self-discipline, that Discipline. self-respect. Mm-hmm. It gives an inner confidence mm-hmm. that, like, kicking a ball doesn't give. It's not the same, you know? Mm-hmm. I, like, knowing that your body can protect you, Yeah, I guess. Anyways.
1: If, if I say her name in front of Lumi, because she uh. was coaching Lumi for a little bit. I know. Lumi I'm going to bring it back bit. soon. And uh she went to Kids Judo with yeah with coach Kayla. So anytime I say Kayla's name, she's like, "Who?" I'm like, "Coach Kayla." She's like,
3: "Okay." <laughs> like
2: she's very
1: disciplined with That's coach. Great. Ka- it's so funny. But yeah, But I do like... want
2: to say I love that. First of all, no one ever, I don't know many people that have ever gotten in trouble by opening their Bible, right? Like this is mm, yeah. this is like a good this like working out, reading your Bible, praying, like religion is man-made. And that's broken. But faith yeah. is a very personal thing. And it's very, um, you know, that's your spirit. That's your soul. That's your connection with mm-hmm. your higher power. And, yeah, oh, I'm so glad that you said that because I think. Mm,
1: I, I'm mm. going to be honest. I was concerned when you just said the gym because I've been. The gym is yeah. great. It is great. But, like, that higher power you mm-hmm. know, For me, and I, I can't speak for you, anything is possible. For me, I was always putting down drugs or alcohol and then filling it with too much work or mm-hmm. you know just overworking mm-hmm. or going to the gym mm-hmm. or seeing a new girl or mm-hmm. getting married mm-hmm. or having a child
3: <laughs> and
1: all of those things would just the the void would eventually open up again and I'd have to fill it with something else. Mm-hmm. I love that you talked about religion mm-hmm. and and implementing that because that is something you know when you're powerless, you can rely on a power that's greater than yourself. Mm -hmm. And there is something, someone you can turn to. Yeah. And I'm
0: not like, uh, sit here and say, I'm like this big, you know, devotional religious guy whatsoever. I'm just now like starting over the last, I would say six months, maybe like Mm -hmm. six months, Mm -hmm. like kind of dabbling, getting back into it. But just even the, even the little bit that I have done, it's it's amazing. has, Has helped so much. And, Like, I don't have a church I'm affiliated with. I haven't even, I've you know, really, I haven't been to church or anything like Mm -hmm. that. I still struggle with that because, like, I just, I feel like I get way more out of doing your own devotional thing or, like, being around. Like, even back in the day, you know, when I was a kid or high school, you know, you had a certain group. And I would get way more out of being around, like, a smaller group of individuals who Mm -hmm. all are, like, like like-minded. And we can, like, go off each other, Mm -hmm. vent to each other, tell each other, you know, what are you going through? Talk about, you know what they're experiencing with with God and how how he's affecting his life or her life, et cetera, Mm -hmm. then going to, I just don't like big churches. I don't know. I just Mm. think there's so many fake people in that. Mm. And to go back to you about what I was telling you about my brother and my brother, my brother is one of the main reasons why I turned against God and church completely Mm. as a whole is because of him and what he did to me and my dad. Mm. Explain uh, to, to Kayla. Who, okay, so who if you to... if you feel comfortable, yeah, yeah of course. Yeah, only if you yeah. feel so, comfortable. Yeah, well, I mean, we don't speak or seen each other in ten years, so I, yeah, I'll talk mm. about it. Uh, so, yeah, he, my brother, married a preacher's daughter, and uh, his father in law is like the head of a big church out in Alabama.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: And um, my uh, so in 2013, my dad got diagnosed with throat cancer, mm. and so my dad Sorry. never smoked, never dipped, never n- nothing, mm. right? Um, always took care of himself, worked out like Mm -hmm. he's still this day, he's 65. he still, he (laughs) runs two businesses, lifts every week and does boxing classes. So he's Mm -hmm. always taking care of himself. Um, but when he got diagnosed, my brother shortly after that, uh, so February of 2014 was the last time we ever saw him. So he came to visit my dad once while he was going through. So he had a stomach tube Mm -hmm. put in. He had a port put in his chest, so he was doing chemo and radiation mm. at the same time. They basically told me he had like a 10% chance to live if he didn't do both. And then right after that, my brother came to visit for like two hours mm-hmm. and then left, never saw him again. And to this day, he's got like, excuse me, I think he's got like three kids now. I have no idea any other names. Oh never goodness. met him. Mm. My my father has but no idea. But he's like
2: super religious. Your, your brother I, I, to me I, it's a, I,
0: that's a cult that is not religion yeah. that's not that's not faith that's well not, that, that yeah that's, that's not a like that's, that's not a, full a Christian blown cult. christians don't do it. if you're if yeah. you're really mm-hmm. a christian yeah or anything for that matter like you don't do that to family mm-hmm. especially family that's been there for you and mm-hmm. done everything for you especially like my dad who would literally did everything for him mm-hmm. and just a treat like that i just don't know anybody that's to me that's the lowest of the low you're gonna mm-hmm. abandon your own father mm-hmm. when he's been told He's diagnosed with cancer and is dying, and you're mm. just like, all right, bye, see ya. Yeah. And so, then and then never called a check to see if he was ever okay. Oof. Never asked to see if he was alive. Mm. And yeah, yeah, that would
2: leave a bad taste in anybody's mouth.
0: Yeah. So it left a horrible taste in my mouth. Yeah. yeah. And, yeah.
1: So, so these actions shied you away from big time the, the church and, and religion, it. and but I think also too very important and a takeaway here is okay, yeah, like you're not ready to go into a church, but you're implementing these small yeah. things into yeah. your life. Right, easy does it, little mm-hmm. right? little at a time. Like right. you don't need to change. You don't need to be poster boy, no. No. Right. You know, and uh, also
2: like there's no perfect people. Like it doesn't. Exactly. It's not a like that's, no. Yeah, I mean everyone. I go to church regularly. We Mm -hmm. were pretty, I'm very active in my church. My kids are, you know, we were just at, I was at a Bible study before I came here actually, but yeah, like that's the number one I used to feel very, um, really self-conscious when I would go to, so I am a part of a small group. We I go, we go to a pretty big church Mm -hmm. and like to become more, involved, we started, I started going to a small group and it was all families with young children. That was the group. So I don't know if you know any, I adopted my kids. I like became a mom overnight. So I had no mom friends when I became yeah. a mom. I didn't know what wow. the hell I was doing. I still don't really know what
1: the hell I'm doing, None but, of us do. Right, <laughs> I know that now, Yeah, <laughs> but i was her first mom friend (laughs) (laughs) he has
2: better hair than most of the moms (laughs) including me yeah yeah, he does (laughs) look at that (laughs) but i used to feel so self-conscious because i'm like the only single mom there i'm like and i just thought that they they were all these perfect you know like mr rogers sweater Mm -hmm. wearing like grew up in the church like have no problems life is perfect mary poppins mofos you know Mm -hmm. and it's just not true like No. It's not true. There's no perfect people. They all have their own flavor of sin and drama and toxic and chaos and whatever you want to call it. And like, once I realized that, I was able to be more vulnerable and really just show up as myself. Mm -hmm. And lucky for me, like, they're good Christian people who they just love me. Like, they don't.
0: That's awesome. They
2: don't care. And I know that you'll find that too, but that's one thing I think. I love that you're praying. I love that you're in your Bible. I love that you're open to it. I love that you're going to the gym. And I think that's such an important, those two pieces are so important and we've talked a lot about them with other people. And you touched on it earlier and I hope you continue down that path of like finding your tribe. Like Mm -hmm. to be human is to need connection. Like we don't grow
0: by isolating, ourselves isolating yeah yourself? isolated yeah, yeah we which, I, which i've done that and it's the we worst it's the worst thing ever because <laughs> yeah. you get sit there and you get in your own head mm-hmm. and there's no worse place i'd rather be than in my own head mm. it's literally hell to me i mm. hate it you just sit there and you're just running mm-hmm. thousand miles an hour mm-hmm. all these different scenarios yeah it's horrible
2: yeah mm. it is we've all been there
1: no so if there was someone in your shoes listening mm-hmm. to this mm-hmm. podcast right now Let's say Josh six months ago or even a year ago mm-hmm. when shit started hitting the fan with you and your ex. Rock bottom. rock bottom, rock bottom, Josh. What advice would you give them?
0: Oh man. Um, biggest thing is just try to if you do have them in your life, you know reach out to the people that love you. Mm-hmm. you know confide in them. Um, just know that you're not alone. What's the biggest thing? Mm-hmm. know that you're not alone. I know, especially coming from me, you feel like, why is this happening to me? I'm the only person this is happening to. Mm-hmm. You're not. You're not the only person. You're not the first. You ain't the last. Mm-hmm. And there's plenty of people going through it at the same time. Um, don't just sit and stay inside. Go do something, mm-hmm. A- anything. Biggest thing, like we we're talking about, pr- prayers help me tremendously. Mm-hmm. And now, not doing it, I, you know, I try to do it every day. I'm not gonna sit here and say I do it every day. I do slip up. you know there's several days I go by. but when I do it again, I feel this giant relief
3: mm-hmm.
0: And uh, you know put, put your body do something that's beneficial to your life. Mm-hmm. you know like for, for me, I mean, I go back to the gym because that's that's my happy place and that's what mm-hmm. helps me mentally because I mm-hmm. feel like if I'm putting my body through physical exertion and I'm trying to you know benefit, for my body, it's gonna help my mind, mm-hmm. and and it, uh, it always it's always helped me. By doing honestly, that.
2: it sounds like it's your form of meditation. It really that's is. what it sounds so, cause like. Because like me. I've
0: I've done I've done like uh, I've tried therapy before, and I'm just like, dude, I don't know you. You don't know me. <laughs> This is just such a waste of I'm money so and a waste therapy. of time. I'm so pro know. therapy. I am So pro
1: therapy. Maybe, Maybe I'm talking to the go. wrong
2: people Maybe right this now. This is <laughs> <found> <laughs> over. All, like, right? all right. Like, looking, finding the right therapist <laughs> yeah. is like finding the right partner. You just got to try a couple no. on. okay?
0: Maybe I haven't found the right one. <laughs> no, that's just, know, that's I, me. I just feel like I haven't <laughs> found <felt laughs> the right one yet. No, no, no.
1: I'm. It helped me. I know Kayla. You've spoken about it. It helped you. Therapy is not for everyone,
2: and there's different types, and there's like yeah. Fucking working out is therapy. It it's is also therapy. a form of therapy for me. Meditation. Like, my, g- the gym is my happy place too, dude. Yeah. Don't get like, especially when the kids are screaming and they're there, mom, mm-hmm. mom, and like, these people want this for me and these people want that for me. Like, oh, I feel so Bella! good. Where
3: are you? <laughs> I need it feels help.
2: <laughs> so good to just go to the gym and fucking not think about no. anything but what I'm doing right then. Cause
0: that's like, for me, it's the one thing in my life that I have full control over. Mm. So the more mm-hmm. I put in, to working out The more I'm going to get out of it mm-hmm. So that's what I love And and like the camaraderie And people too Like i met like a couple guys Who are like mm-hmm. in their late 50s Early 60s And they've been basically My Um therapist i guess Mm because like mm -hmm. they have experience they've lived Mm -hmm, through lives they've had multiple divorces and i can sit and confide in them and i talk to them and they're like been there done that buddy (laughs) and then they're like oh what happened to you yep same happened to me my Mm -hmm. ex did that in recovery and and so like as we lift you know we're focusing on that it kind of shuts your brain off from all the bullshit going Mm -hmm. on in your life but then in between sets and stuff we can sit and talk about life. What's right. going on with you? How's everything like going? Like little how's, small doses. How's your, how's your daughter doing? Did you get her this week? Did you get to mm-hmm. talk to her? And then it's like, thanks, man. Like, I really needed that. Mm-hmm. So it'll end up being like two hours. I'm just sitting there, you know, you're lifting, you're coking and joking. But you're also getting good stuff out of it because you've mm-hmm. met like really good people who've mm-hmm. already been through what you've been through. Mm-hmm. And that kind of helps you realize that you aren't the only person. And then you do have good people yeah. out there that can you can relate to.
2: And God puts those people in your life. Mm-hmm. Like those people are there.
0: That's what I've noticed more, I feel like like the more more things that keep lining up and keep happening and going in a good direction for me right now. Mm-hmm. Um because I you know, I felt like just dude, I didn't know what to do. Like mm. when this initially happened, I was just lost. I was in a dark dark mental spot mm-hmm. like I don't ever want to go back there. Mm. And for you know people, you know listening, like you, you got to get out of that. You can't mm-hmm. you can't let those thoughts take over because there are some dark thoughts that will take over. Yeah, and you gotta realize it's at the end. You can't let the other person win because if you do something that you could regret or could affect everybody that does love you in your life, Mm -hmm. at the end of the day, that means that the other person won. This is the way I feel like I look at it, and I'm not gonna let them win. And then, and then you have you know especially a kid, and you're talking about a kid. Mm
3: -hmm.
0: At the end of the day, it's like, dude, there's nothing I'll I won't do for my kid. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna be there for my kid, and I will do anything for her. Mm -hmm. So, I can't I can't lose for her. Mm. I have to win for her.
2: Do you feel like I have found, like, through my suffering, through my rock bottoms, because I've had many in my mm-hmm. life. I have news for you. This is probably not your last rock bottom. No. <laughs> but no. do you feel like I have found a certain peace in knowing that, like, no matter what, I'm going to be okay. Okay. And that mm-hmm. is because of my belief in God, and that is because of the things that I do every day. But it's also because I've fucking been through hell. No. And you've been through hell. And, like, now I have that hmm, confidence. Like, do you are you grateful? Have you gotten to the place where you're grateful and you can feel, like... Because shit, like, life is life, right? Life is always going to fucking knock us down. It's never going to be perfect. We're never going to be like this. Going, It's always going to be like this.
0: Never. But do you
2: feel a certain, like, inner, like, oh, nothing is going to fuck with me like that anymore? Do you feel that? I mean,
0: I I agree with you. Like, yeah, I mean, it's not going to be the the last time, you know, (laughs) shit happens Mm because life is life. And life isn't supposed to be just a fucking easy.
2: Right. Rainbows and unicorns. Exactly. It would be great if it was.
0: Yeah. But then. That wouldn't be life mm. so, we wouldn't
2: appreciate the rainbows <laughs>
0: well you won't appreciate the good times mm-hmm. so if everything's good then how are you going to just sit there and appreciate mm-hmm. anything when it's always good mm-hmm. you have no you know uh adversity
3: mm-hmm.
0: so going through you know having adversity in life and getting over that i feel like that's what builds you as a person and mm-hmm. so the next time you know you are eating a shit sandwich you can mm-hmm. just go hey been here before. Yep. I know what this tastes like. This and you're just too like, shall all pass. right, This too will pass. Mm-hmm. We're going to get through this. And yep. if you just keep trying to stay positive, is the more you start having all these negative, which I've been there so many times, you just sit there and just have negative thought, negative thought, just eat you alive. And then the more negativity and shit you're putting out there or thinking, mm-hmm. I feel like the more shit happens to you, like mm-hmm. bad stuff. But the more right. you're like, dude, I'm going to get past this. Like right. mm-hmm. I'm going to keep thinking good thoughts. I'm going to yeah. keep doing mm-hmm. good shit. Yeah. I'm going to mm-hmm. keep taking care of myself and I'm going to keep pushing on. Mm-hmm. And then, you're little by little you keep having these small little small wins small wins mm-hmm. and then that turns to a big victory mm-hmm. at the end and that's something i'm I'm learning more each day and trying to you know push myself through yeah. And and there are times like i i do this all the time because we're only human you're gonna have those lows it's gonna hit you like i have days i wake up and i'm just like dude i don't want to fucking be here no more mm-hmm. like what am i doing like this is mm-hmm. everything is just miserable like fuck life fuck all this mm-hmm. and then I'm like, quit being such a bitch and moaning, like, dude. <laughs> go do something. Go outside. Don't talk to
2: yourself like go. that. <laughs> I just want to give him a hug. Uh, go. Oh my god. Well, like what else is like?
0: Uh, like I'll go for even like a walk. Like I'll go to the beach. Go go for yeah. a walk and like get outside. I don't know, Get outside. Yeah. Get in the sun. I don't know, get some vitamin D. You know. She- so
2: I have so I have this thing I call my habit tracker. Right. So mm-hmm. there are these like we talked about, what are the things that you do that you really feel like make a difference? So like for me, my habit tracker is like, okay, I'm gonna pray, I'm gonna journal, I'm gonna meditate, I'm gonna spend time outside, Um, oh, I do my cold plunge. I have like, I actually have a lot of habits now that I try to do every day, but it started with like, okay, I'm gonna be outside, I'm gonna meditate, I'm gonna journal, and I'm gonna pray. Like those are the four things like, okay, if I do these things every fucking day, Mm -hmm. and I commit to care for myself enough, to love myself enough, to do these things, my life gets better as a result. Like my view of life, my peace, my joy, my presence, my like, my ability to deal with the shit Mm -hmm. gets so much better. So yours is gym and pray. Is there anything else that like, if if you know, like you know, oh my God, shit's hitting the fan. I need to fucking, okay, I need to pray, I need to, th- like, what, what are the, like, are, is there anything else that you Big really sense, feel like,
0: like? Uh, calling. Mm. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Call, uh, I should add that one. I should uh, talk to someone
2: every day. That's a good one. Mm. My my big check-ins. One of my things is I check.
0: I I, I check in with my. uh, I check in with my dad every day. So that's 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 what we. I love that, Mr. Wright. Yes, I call him, and he gives me advice and uh, you know he vents to me about stuff that's going on with him, Mm. and we Mm kind of go back and forth. And we've always done that for many many years. Even when I was stationed overseas, we'd always try to call each other. That's awesome. And uh, that's that's helped me a lot. Is uh, you know if I can hear my dad's voice, and I'm blessed to you know still have my dad and. Um, I know there's plenty of people that probably you know that don't, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, just being able to hear his voice and just talk to him and get some good advice from him, mm-hmm. and a lot of times it's like okay, and it, it really helps and, and gets awesome. me through.
3: That's good. You, I n- love you that. know what
1: I, I I'm seeing a lot of from you is acceptance, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? <laughs>
3: yes.
1: I'm seeing a lot of acceptance. <laughs> like you're just accepting.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: You're not bitching and complaining, mm-hmm. and not that you ever did,
0: mm-hmm. but oh, I did plenty. <laughs> we all but, I'll but say but yeah. <laughs> here in this
1: session on this podcast, mm-hmm. you in a very mature manner with some character assassination just a little bit. Um you really <laughs> she deserved it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you it seems like you've accepted a good amount of this. Mm. And and part of that acceptance is we opened with it. You drove 24 hours mm. to go see your daughter. Like yeah. in total there and back because she wasn't willing to meet you halfway. Yeah. A lot of people, I feel like, would have stopped and fought it. And fought. you said, Victim. "You know what?
2: Oh, this is effort it. Yeah, my mm-hmm. seeing my
1: daughter is more important. Yeah. Like I, I'm powerless over how she is going to mm-hmm. act." My nope. ex. I want to see my daughter. I need to be a
0: father in her life. Mm. And you did it. I love it. Mm-hmm. That's that's amazing, dude. No, you should it's so hold beautiful. your head up very high. Seriously. No. Well, I know at the end of the day, and I've had plenty of people tell me this, and that's something I keep telling myself, is like, dude, I'm not a bad dad. I know I'm a good dad. Yes. I'm going to mm-hmm. continue to be a good dad, mm-hmm. and I'm going to do everything I can to now. Yes. I don't have this, you know, this anchor holding me down anymore. And because I was never going to go anywhere. Like, being with her, I'm never going to go anywhere. So... Mm. uh. Now I can go do something to benefit my life, build a future for myself, build a future for my daughter. And then at the end of the day, like we discussed earlier about, you know, kids grow up and then one day they're going to realize, yep. hey, dad's not a bad guy. The
2: truth comes out. So the
0: truth will come out and, uh, you know, might not be today, today might not be tomorrow, could be a few years from now. But mm-hmm. I know one day my daughter's going to look, look back and be like, you know, dad wasn't all these things that mm-hmm. I've been told. And my dad is a good guy. You just so keep showing up. That's all you got to do. I got to
2: tell you, you just keep showing up. And listen, man, I am like cheering for you. I'm in your corner. I just met you like an hour ago, but <laughs> I'm on team Josh. I appreciate and it. And I don't I'm not going to push you, but I just want you to know if you ever want to go to a big church, you're more than welcome to come with my
0: family and I. I'd love to. got I'm Love Parkridge.
2: Yeah. It's a beautiful place. Lots of broken people, but
0: Yeah, I'm not a, I'm not a completely against <laughs> it. I would definitely do it. I just, you know, I think it's just trying to find, you know, trying to find the right one. Yeah. And the right in the right people. Just to be around.
2: Well, you're doing all the right things. I'm so glad that you came on the. No, I can't. The I can't thank right. y'all enough.
0: Thank this is. So this much. has been so much Thanks fun. Thanks for opening up. Yeah. Thanks yeah. for being vulnerable. I love this. Thank you, thank for, you Josh. Oh, thank th- you for
1: being. Thank y'all. <laughs> yeah. you so much, and and best of luck. Yes. You know, going back into the. News. I'm gonna be checking it. I'm gonna be like you, Kevin. How
2: is he? <laughs> Tell don't, me.
1: No, don't you feel so safe with, like him on the front line fighting yeah, for us I do. and protecting I do. our? Yes. Also, thank you for your service. Yes, thank you for your service. for your service. Yes.
0: Mm-hmm. even though your taxpayer dollars went to a bunch of dumb shit <laughs> 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 alright Josh well thank you again thank you. All right.